Well, you can start whenever you want, Solitaire. I like that. I like that, Reddy Fox. So I'm going to start right now. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good day for all my listeners out there in Australia. Good day, mate. Welcome to Hashtag Uncensored. It is uh, Thursday, February the 11th that we're recording this. Happy Black History Month. We're black and black. We are Navy, y'all. We're like bliggity black, black, bliggity black. (laughs) With the exception of Nina, who for today is an honorary black person for fighting the good fight online, taking on people who are afraid to acknowledge uh, the strife and the struggles of black Canadians. Nina, yep. yeah, you you had a rough week on the social, the mean oh, streets of really, social media. I really tried, but man, sometimes <laughs> there's just no getting through to them. <laughs> like, I have, I won't say, like, I have some hope because I was able to have some productive conversations, um, yeah, but good. the others, no. You can't debate with people online. You can only argue. Yeah, exactly. Like- Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, you heard their voices, so you know they're with us. Ready, Fox, No Better, Nina. We are the hashtag crew. Uh, this is the podcast version, so we're just uh, talking a little bit about uh, Nina's foray into the world of educating online trolls about... I was, I was being like- a social justice warrior. That's what That's I was what, trying to Did they accuse you of that? Did they call you that? No, they called me racist okay. for, for calling out white privilege. Right, I think yeah. that's my favorite part. I think... You know, aside from, you know, some white people wanting to say, yo, what up, my nigga? What up, my nigga? Why can't I say it? Why can't I say it? Aside from that, there's another thing that some white people, I say some white people want to do is they want to be able to say, you're racist. <laughs> or or a couple of them called me Karen, too. And I, I literally said, oh, my gosh, gasps. I'm so offended. I'm not even white. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they understand what Karen means. It was Karen, and then another one called me Shaniqua because she thought I was black. Like, uh, bro. People, I... Just people want to feel like, yeah, hey, I'm I'm oppressed too. Yeah. So I get to say that you're racist. It's okay. Like... For people that's listening to, it was about the Marco Muzo um, yes. case that we'll talk about in politics as usual. But where, where was this happening for you? On Instagram, on Six Buzz, or...? Yeah, I commented under the six buzz post and I just said, smells like white privilege uh, to me. How about you? And then it started from there and then it ended up in my DMs with people from high school who were too scared to publicly comment. Mm. Um, And, you know, I I just there I'll talk about it more during the show. But uh, there were some key things that these people said that really just was like to me, I was like, there's no getting through to them. And you, you wrote those things down, right? So that we can, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm in the process of just finishing up writing them down, but there's like just key things that I'm like, yeah, this is, yeah. See, that's, that's why, you know, whenever, (laughs) if anybody, if anybody's listening to this right now and you may have went to high school with me and you may have sent me a friend request on Facebook or something like that. And I haven't responded. That's why, because you don't know what these people have been up to since high school. No disrespect. I'm sure you're happy. I'm happy. Um, you know? It, it just truly shocked me, the people that it was, because they actually used to hang out. My school was very divided. They actually used to hang out with us colored people and black people. <laughs> That's why I was I was shocked at who... I wasn't shocked at those people from my high school, but I was shocked at who the people were. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's interesting. Okay, well, we got to get started for radio time there, Solitaire. Oh, well, well we can do that. We can absolutely do that. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! 
we're two weeks. Well, um, yeah, just about two weeks in. It is Saturday, February the 13th. We are in the blackest part of Black History Month because it's right in the middle. You know what I'm saying? The nice, chewy, dark, sweet, chocolate center of Black History. <laughs> You're so dumb. You're so dumb. Welcome to Hashtag, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, it's yours truly, Solitaire, DJ, Reddy Fox, No Better Nina. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing this week? It's good, man. Nina was uh, had a rough week. Nina? I was, I was being a social justice warrior. And, and, and how did that work out for you? Uh, it's not successful. I would say 90% unsuccessful, 10%. It wasn't even successful, no, because that person was already aware. And it was so about no. the, the Marco Muzzo, um getting parole, yes. right? Okay, because yes. we're going to talk about it in politics as usual because, yeah, Nina was messaging us in WhatsApp during the week saying, look at these, sending us screen caps of the arguments she was having with people online. And I was like, oh, she... she yeah, she I decided- went down the rabbit hole. I went down so far down, I became the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you when i saw that message but i am the rabbit i almost <laughs> fell out of my seat <laughs> it's hard if, you know nina is you know nina is a, a brilliant young lady but she's young and we try to offer her some wisdom from time to time we've all we've all done this though where you get into yeah. something with someone online and you just can't resist responding and it turns into this whole thing and we've spoken about it on the show how many times it's Countless. not worth it sometimes yeah. to engage with people online because you can't really have a proper discourse with people but it's hard sometimes when you see people saying weird stuff yep. yeah <laughs> so what i've advised her to do is if you're going to comment on in a in if you're going to wade into the murky swamp that is comments <laughs> beneath a controversial post you have to approach it like a troll you can't approach it taking it seriously you have to approach it as if you're it's going to advice. antagonize people. No, that's terrible <laughs> advice. You know why I say that? Because is that's the only way I get enjoyment out of it. But because that's like guaranteed said, for it to become a toxic back and forth thing if you go in there with that attitude. I know. Well, even though I wasn't trolling, though, it still ended up going back and forth like that. Yeah. You see? So you might as well get a chance to enjoy it. <laughs> I did troll a little bit. I did troll. I did have some pretty good comebacks at some points. Excellent. Excellent. Well, that's all we asked for. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the program. We've, we've got a lot to discuss. We're feeling mighty chatty. Yep. Not to mention, it is Valentine's Day tomorrow, Lover's Day tomorrow. Do you have hey. any plans for Valentine's Day? I do not have any plans for valentine's day i don't even have someone to make plans with maybe you do and we're happy for you it is a day of love um well, but at least one of us here has someone i know, in their life. I know. So yes, sir. nina Look what's what's her. happening what's going on with you guys tomorrow for valentine's day that just the, um, the family bits that you can share so, <laughs> <laughs> so um we uh, are going to like i got some painting stuff from the dollar store to set up a little like you know like those sip and paint things oh those are fine yeah do sip and paint on like youtube or something um and that's pretty much it got some chocolates and uh, hard to plan valentine's day with a pandemic on the go yeah exactly but we had like a our valentine's day out like last year so i mean like yeah. Just oh, that's interesting. I, I have some questions. I'm sure we'll probably get to that later on in the show. But I want to, like, I want to know. Don't answer now. But I want to know: Did you guys plan this together, or is this kind of like, did somebody take the lead on this, or was somebody expecting to be pampered on Valentine's Day? 
But we'll talk about all that later. In the meantime, let's start off uh, getting into the show with the poll question of the week. Okay, so um, last week we asked, uh, what are some ways that you celebrate Black History Month? And um, uh, speaking to trolls, we actually just got troll answers. So I'm not even going to read them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, read some. Read read one. one. No. No. Is it awful? It was it was racist. It was about cotton picking. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. One. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, anyways, this week we are asking. Marco Musso was recently granted full parole after only serving five years for a drunk driving conviction that took the lives of the three Neville Lake children and their grandpa. Do you think his white privilege plays a part in his release? The options are: Yep, definitely plays a part. No, it's only because he's rich. That's the only reason. Or doesn't really matter anymore because these people are gone so head over to at hashtag vibe 105 on twitter and instagram to make your vote count and that's what you got into arguments with people about nina so you obviously i'm gonna say that you said yep definitely plays a part i would say that too as well as i saw a lot of people say that and we will talk about it in politics as usual but just real quick how long did the back and forth happen for you with this with people um i was it was like an hour and a half, 40, wow. 40 comments back and forth on this comment thread. And then the wow. DMs with the people from high school were about like half an hour each before <laughs> I just gave up. And I was like, you know what? I'm unfollowing you guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> Resulted in followings. Okay. Yeah. Wicked. All yeah. right. <laughs> oh, that's well, juicy. That's juicy. Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that conversation but before we get there let's go into this week's headlines uh according to hashtag it's time for have you heard ladies and gentlemen first and foremost let's put the ttc on blast i don't know who's doing the post effects of this but let's put them on blast like some kind of like Uh-oh. star trek laser sound or some kind of like some kind of mind blasting sound because ttc blew it in a major way this week, um, they now have to do an internal investigation after the removal of a bus driver's Black History Month display. What? Um, a woman by the name of Tamika McLaren uh, was on tears on Monday, um, which is an incident that happened last week, Friday. She had basically said that she had been given carte blanche uh, permission to create a Black History Month presentation on a board in the offices of the TTC. And for anybody out there, that just means freedom to do what she wants. Carte blanche. She <laughs> means like, hey, go ahead. Do what you want. You know, do what you got to do and let me know when it's done. Okay. Freedom to do now, what you want. So she put up, she spent her and a couple of other people assisted her in putting together this board. They spent nights of like assembling the material and it was this fantastic display. And then the following day, they took it all down. <laughs> were they screaming all lives matter at the same time? <laughs> I, they probably were. They probably were. Oh, um, man. So a TTC supervisor had apparently removed the display, um, which some people possibly, you know, maybe they're right, might feel that it's a little bit of anti-Black racism that is at play. Perhaps a little bit of white privilege. Who knows? Who knows what's in that sauce? But we'll we'll see what happens. So she said that apparently they took down this display because she used what is a, a board that is primarily supposed to be used for TTC operations, uh, but apparently it hadn't been used for the pro- for the previous year 
before putting up this presentation. So she got the permission. I never noticed that wall until today. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically what they're saying is. So, I mean, I don't know if you've uh, experienced that level of somebody wanting to, you know, not celebrate Black History Month so much that they're offended by a Black History Month presentation. I want to ask uh, both you, Reddy, and Nina. Well, Nina, you work at Vibe, but you know, I'm sure you've had other jobs. Have they kind of acknowledged Black History Month or has there been some kind of uh, resistance it, it, where you work to kind of acknowledge it? Do you push the issue? I mean, you, I know you're not Black, but... You know, like how is it, uh, how has you experienced that in the office? No, I think um, even though I'm not black, I still obviously acknowledge it, and um, it's something that is important to me. But I definitely no in any of my other jobs. Um, I worked a lot of retail and um, a few administrative duties here and there. And Have any of them ever acknowledged Black History Month? No, not that I can even recall. I don't even Same think here any of two of them only had one black person working at them the other ones had none so yeah they didn't even it wasn't even uh uh, right so it's basically if there's no black people around they're like yeah well you know yeah and even if it was who knows if they even would have done it still like you know it it just yeah it's like we live in two different worlds you know and i'm telling you again it's only because of the recent events from last year that i think a lot of corporations are at least trying for the first time probably ever to do something yeah. for Black History Month this year. So again, it's just again an example of how of a milestone year it was last year in terms of awareness for, you know, the plight of black people in society and whatnot. So yeah. I have no memories that I can think of for places that I've worked at, corporate settings or whatever, where they did yeah. anything for Black History Month. And again, I, I in high school and stuff or whatever, it were the it was the students that took the took the lead on things in terms of it wasn't the teachers it was the students yeah exactly so as a result of this action the supervisor who was responsible for taking down this presentation uh has been removed from the ttc's wilson division this is the wilson office that it took place at but it's not sure if they will face being fired um but they did say, you know, the spokesperson for the TTC uh, said that they cannot comment on personnel matters except to say there's an investigation underway. <laughs> Which, <laughs> what is there to investigate? The woman said she clearly, I, 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 I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I wasn't there, but I'm pretty sure she didn't take it upon herself to say, yeah, I'm going to just put up a bunch of black history. I'm do all this work you know, for all these weeks, prepare this thing. At her workplace without getting somebody's permission. So, I mean, as far as the investigation is concerned, I wonder what they're going to, you know, what the decision is going to be like, well, or what the reasoning or what what would be a justifiable reason for them to take all of this down after all that work. Um, But what did happen is that she actually went back, Tamika went back and ended up putting up the display bigger and better than it was before. Uh, I'm sure there's a few Karens that are working there that are not too pleased about that. Mm-hmm. But we'll keep an eye on that story. They're smart. Uh, they just stay silent and wait for March. I, I I don't understand. You know, and coming to think of it, I'm not somebody who is like, who, where I work or if I'm at a place, like, I honestly, I don't feel like it's necessary to push the issue if you're, if it's not something that, um, you know, that you want to kind of, engage in that conversation with with people at work so i understand if you like I, i'm not mad at places that don't necessarily celebrate it i don't know how you guys feel about it but 
the fact that she was given permission and then shut down, I think was really what is galling about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to move on to this uh, another story that I want to shine some light on because it's just another example of the fact that, you know, in Canada, when it comes to the accomplishments of particularly young black artists, it really, really, like, it's almost like you have to become like a Drake level of success before the media will cover any of your accomplishments. Right. But um, I want to shout out uh, three, uh, a director by the name of Kelly Fife Marshall. She directed a documentary called Black Bodies. And guess what? She was able to accomplish without any support or acknowledgement from the Canadian mainstream media. She was nominated to uh, to get into the Sundance Film Festival. Wow. Ladies, let's get her a round of applause first nice. and foremost. It's awesome. Okay, we're talking about an all black female team that put this together. Okay, Black Bodies is a short film. Um, that uh, was one of only six Canadian films that was selected to be a part of the festival. And of those, it was the only film, like I said, produced solely by Black women. It debuted at TIFF last year, and it won the festival's inaugural Changemaker Award and a $10,000 prize on top of that. So obviously, it has been critically acclaimed, but for some reason, you know, Mainstream media will cover the uh, the Sundance Film Festival event, yeah. but they they don't seem to you know feel the need to acknowledge these women's uh, accomplishments. But um, what was really great is that they ended up getting a shout out from Ava DuVernay after nice. they after uh, one of the um, one of the women uh, on the team. I think it was I think it was Kelly Director Kells, but I'm I'm not sure. But she basically was like, "Wow, you know, we get nominated, we get uh, we get in, you know." We get access. We get into. How does it? How do you say? It? You get into the film festival. I guess you apply. Yeah. And you get. You get in. I don't know. I messed that <laughs> up. But they get into Sundance Film Festival. One of six only. Only six Canadian you know filmmakers and not a peep. I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing the tweet, but then Ava DuVernay saw that and gave her a congratulations, gave her the acknowledgement that she deserves. So we're happy, we're proud for all these young women to get this uh, great accomplishment. And it debuted um, at TIFF last year, you were saying too, right? But again, yeah, yeah. Oh, but TIFF was again, it was the pandemic, so it wasn't like um, yeah, a normal TIFF. Oh my God, wow, last year it was, wow. It still feels like we're in the beginning, you know? <laughs> I, well, it, it basically was around this time. That's, that, the, that's the thing I was going to ask you, Solitaire. Did you go see it? Because I know usually around TIFF, you get to see quite a few films. But um, I realized now that we didn't have a normal TIFF festival no. last. But, so, but I yeah. did see it. It's a, it's a short film. It, I think it's like four minutes long. But it's beautiful. It's a beautiful and actually part of the story of this uh, of this documentary is they were when they were filming it. There was, I don't know if you, if you heard about an incident where there were some black women who were, I think this was in California, and they stayed at an Airbnb while they're filming, uh, you know, footage for this documentary. Right. And one of the neighbors saw them leaving the Airbnb and basically accused them of breaking in to this, uh, to this house. I remember that story because one of the people were related to, they were like um, a grandchild of one of the Marleys a, or something a, like a that. Bob Marley. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Exactly. So that was, this was, that happened during the filming of this, of this documentary called yeah. Black Body. So I, it's a beautiful documentary. It's short. 
Um, definitely, I think it might be available online. We'll see if we can find a link to that and put it up for you. All right. All right. Nice. Um, I, I think we that. have time for so positive so far. Great Shout start. All, all, all black, all <laughs> black women. No, making it into Sundance. This is awesome. From from our from our city, from our country, Black history in the making. Nice. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't get any better than that. Um, now here's something that's positive, but with a little bit of a kind of like a negative twist to it. Um, Nora Hendricks. Uh, this is shouts out to all my West Coast people listening from the West Coast. Nora Hendricks, who is the grandmother of Jimi Hendrix. Nice. Who? who she was recently uh, the first black woman to become, uh, to have a street named after her in Vancouver. In oh. Vancouver, not just in general, <laughs> which, is, which is pretty dope. Have you ever heard of Nora Hendricks? No, I have no. not. I have not heard of her. That's dope. I did, I did not know anything about her, and that's why it's great to acknowledge these moments in black history and learn something about, you know, our, our, you know, the people who came before us who are laid the groundwork for, you know, the things that we're able to do today. So like I said, Nora, uh, Nora Hendricks, she was the uh, grandmother of Jimi Hendrix. She co-founded Fountain Chapel, which is the f- city's first black church. And she was a cook at the v, Stickin, uh, v Chicken and Steakhouse. And both were key parts of the city's Hogan Alley community, uh, which was eventually displaced through development and construction and gentrification and yada, 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 and get mm. these black people out of here so we can take care of this area. You know how it goes. Right. But um, after they named this, now there was another black woman, Rosemary Brown. She was the first black woman elected to provincial legislator out, out there. They have a laneway named after her. But the issue with that is laneways, they're not part of the uh, the mapping of the city. So the acknowledgement isn't the same as the street. Right. But in naming this street after Nora Hendricks, they didn't really consult with the with the community who felt like it was, you know, uh, basically I'm a missed quote, opportunity, you, a missed opportunity right. for for some input from the, the city's black community. June Francis, she's the co-chair of Hogan's Alley Society. Um, she said that um, if the city is intending to redress the displacement of the black community, they can't possibly redress it by ignoring and erasing us again. There's a lot of issues that the black community faces out there that is somehow not going to be uh, smoothed over by naming a street after Nora Hendricks. I think that we all are aware that there ha- there's this kind of tendency to want to do, uh, as we say, like um, performative gestures. Yeah rather than meaningful conversations addressing the issues of, of black Canadians. But um, I'm glad that I found out about this uh, particular story because uh, I like to find out what, um, what black Canadians have done uh, in, in history in Canada, because uh, there's a lot that has been accomplished. There's a lot that black people are responsible for contributing to the building of this country. And it's right. important that you know it, whether you want to or not. Right. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to sick Nina on y'all. All right. right. <laughs> um, last but not least, just really quickly, we've got to wrap it up, but I want to shout out Stacey Abrams. She was also nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for her, her work on, you know, increasing the voter turnout mm-hmm. for black and marginalized communities in the States. And they wouldn't have won we- Georgia if it wasn't for Stacey Abrams. Absolutely. And oddly enough, it, I don't know what's going on out there in Norway, but she was nominated by another Nor- uh, Norway uh, Socialist Party member, Lars Haltbrekken. Okay. 
who says Abrams' work follows in the doc- Dr. Martin Luther King's footsteps in the fight for equality before the law and civil rights. Her efforts to complete King's work are crucial if the United States of America shall su- succeed in its effort to create fraternity between all its peoples and a peaceful and just society. Stacey Abrams, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Nice, man. Doing the good work. And that's all we have time for during this Have You Heard segment, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you've heard me enough, so we got to pay <laughs> some bills. <laughs> Lots of talking. But uh, for those of you who are listening to the radio, stay tuned. We'll be right back. For those of you listening to the podcast, stay with us. Bullseye, bingo. Yeah, that TTC story kind of pissed me off when I, I woke up one morning. And that was like the first story that, uh, uh, that I came across off the top of the week. And I'm just like... The disrespect. The problem is with the perception of Black History Month that all other cultures seem to think that it's only for Black people. <laughs> when it's like chances the opposite. are, it's it's really it's, more for you guys than it is for us. I keep saying that like we can chill. We don't need to do like <laughs> you guys do some work. Go read a book. I mean, I, I think that it is a great opportunity for Black people to kind of you know have that focus and saying, I'm going to learn something new. Like I, regardless of how I, I have kind of been a little disenfranchised with black history month for, for a while. Um, because I felt like, I think it was probably because it wasn't done in a, in the right way where it was like, you know, you're learning something new about something that's relevant to your history that, you know, know your future, you need to know your history and kind of like having it be more inspirational rather than performative. Black History Month, Harriet Tubman, Underground Underground Railroad, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, yeah, you hear the same things every year. But um, I think that... That's what I used to do, though, to celebrate myself. Because, again, as I said on radio segment time, my high school didn't do anything. It was up to us as the students to do anything. And then I took it upon myself to say, okay, every year, at least at Black History Month, I'm going to take it upon myself to do learn something new yeah. each month. And yeah. I did that for years and years and years for a while. And, you know, as you get to be an adult, you're just like, oh, it's just, you know, I'm learning things all year round. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I'll probably learn new stuff now just through social media alone. You can't not not learn things because of social media now, especially with Black mm-hmm. History Month. Everyone's on it right now, right? So... So, I I mean, that leads me to kind of the question, do you feel like, um, have you ever felt compelled like this woman, Tamika, was to say, hey, everybody at work, we're celebrating Black History Month and here's what I'm going to do. Like, have you ever felt compelled to do that? Nope. Nope. Because I'm interested because I think that. I'm a little bit torn. Like I, I, I rate her for doing it. I think it's important, but at the same time, I am not in the business. As long as you're not actively oppressing me or you're not, you know, doing anything to like, to negatively talk back, you know, negative talk yeah. negatively about black people. You're not racist. You're not going to inhibit my progress. And my cares work. if you do anything for black history month, I'm not, anything. I'm not that person. Like, yeah. I think that, to the to and you know speaking to her experience you start to rattle feathers because people racist people bigoted people ignorant people have a problem with black people in particular cuz we're flamboyant man we are flamboyant we're outspoken 
we're creative. It's we're worse brilliant. than that. It's, it, it goes way deeper and more visceral than that. It's that because they look down on us, it bothers them so much that we do so well, despite the fact that we're held down, so to speak, or whatever. Like it's again, the, the, that's the worst trick of racism that it came to be is that they made them like the most poor dirt, dustiest white guy feel he's better than the richest, yeah. most educated black man. And that's, that's really the crux of it. It's that that's what it is. It's like any black man that's doing anything that's succeeding in life will bother a bigot or a racist because they just view a black person or a brown person, anybody who's not white as beneath them. And even if you're living in a trailer park, when you see LeBron James on TV, you feel you're still better than him. Nina, let me ask you this: like, as you know, as a as an Indian Canadian, um, how does it resonate? Because I mean, to be fair, there's no Indian History Month. Like, I wonder there's how you actually uh, an Asian Heritage Month in May, and and in Ontario, Sikh Heritage Month is also in May as well. Mm, oh, see, two for I, one. I did, I, I did not even know that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that. How does uh? How would I mean? Obviously, we're not expecting you to speak on behalf of the Indian community, but I in am. general, <laughs> in general, do you? Is there a sentiment that you that you find that people are, are kind of like, oh, why do we have to? Why are we? You know, why are we spending so much time focusing on Black History? We don't have White History Month. That's that is my favorite response. <laughs> um, we don't have White History Month. Uh, you have history. Yeah, you have history classes. Which yeah. is essentially bring that up again when we talk about politics as usual, because that's part of the mentality that Nina was dealing with this week. Yep, it's the same um, thing. But, it's all part of the same thing. Yeah, for sure. But um, no, I've never actually like. I know there are older South Asian generations that are like just flat out racist, like just flat out. But um, I've actually never heard like anyone that like I surround myself with who's Indian, which is my family. Um, mm-hmm be like oh why don't like why do we have to celebrate black history month and blah 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 like it's never really been a thing i've also been lucky to grow up with parents who um like my dad came here when he was 12 and my mom is from england so they're both pretty like like they have common sense like they they've never they've never painted a narrative to me like with my entire family they have, they've never painted a narrative to me that black people are bad or black people steal or black people do this like a lot of other families do with their children which is why we get this or, or Nina don't come home with no black boyfriend yeah <laughs> so you know like it just yeah it, it, i never really got like I, I was lucky in that sense that I have parents who have common sense and aren't racist. So, well, that's 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 good because I know that um, I don't. I just why this kind of really resonated with me. The situation with this woman. It's like, okay, I don't care about Black History Month. Fuck Black History Month. But the, to take the additional step to completely disregard somebody who clearly put in so much work into putting this, you know, proud of their culture, yeah, wanting other you people even to ask learn somebody, from Why it. is this here? It shouldn't be you on the wall. You just take it down. You just take it down. I, yeah. It's disrespect, man. Yeah. It, it is disrespectful. disrespect. And I think, you know, just to kind of, and I will probably, you know, we'll probably touch on this a little bit in the politics as usual segment, but that becomes the most frustrating part when you talk about systemic racism and the, and, and the, the unwillingness for people 
in these systems to acknowledge systemic racism because that is what that is. Bingo, fact, bingo, bingo. The fact that somebody can come in, like no matter what, you as as a black person, there's already there's always going to be somebody lurking over your shoulder that you won't have access to that doesn't have to say or acknowledge you in any way that can come and say, yeah, no, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And just completely take it down. Like at, at the very least, if that was something that she did that was inappropriate, that warrants a, Hey, we got to have a meeting and I'm going to explain to you. It's, you know what I mean? Like you, the conversation should be, we're not trying to, this has nothing to do with, you know, uh, we, it's not that we don't want to celebrate black history month, but there's protocol. There's, there's a way to do it where she doesn't have to feel like, Somebody was like, "Yo, fuck this Black History Month shit. Why is she? Why is she taking over across. the whole board?" That's the way mm-hmm. it came out. That's For exactly sure, yeah. how it came across. Straight up, straight up. But, so um, that's the part. That's the problem with insidious uh, systemic racism. Anyway, save that thought because that's going to be very prevalent oh, for over. Oh, it's about right to talk here. About. It's right here. <laughs> okay, so all right, so um, we can start radio whenever we want. Go start whenever you want. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. You're tuned in, dialed in, locked in to the firest conversation right now because we're hot. <laughs> we're hot. We're mad. And we're not going to take it anymore, especially Nina. Welcome back to Hashtag Uncensored Live right here on Vibe No Five Years Truly Solitaire. No better Nina. And I'm going to just get right over to DJ Ready Fox because uh, we've got a few things to touch on and we've got a lot to say. It, definitely. There's a lot that happened this week. And again, happy Black History Month for everybody that's uh, doing something Black. to Liggity celebrate Black. it. And mm-hmm. the part of the reason why Solitaire is sounding so amped is you got to listen to the podcast and you'll see that we continue our conversation about that TTC stuff that happened with them tearing down the woman's display for Black History Month. Now, a few things are going on this week, and um, I don't know if we're going to be able to touch on all of them, but... Um, we have to be kind of concerned about April with the whole pandemic thing. Um, some uh, health expert is saying that April might see a third wave for us. So we'll touch on that a little. And these variants that are out there now are starting to cause for concern uh, for yep. people. And um, speaking of Black History Month, um, this is news that I just heard about today. Uh, region of Durham, they're getting criticized because some school or something, they decided to do a scavenger hunt. <laughs> for black history month that's not how you do black history month you don't <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna put that story <laughs> in the happy herds but i'm glad you included it here i was I, already I was... prepared for the stuff we we're gonna talk about and then this came across the wire today and i was like i can't not mention this because it's hilarious it's all the run we spoke last week about all the ways you can celebrate it this is the way you don't <laughs> And, you know, I'm just going to see. And it was uh, Desmond Cole that spotted it and, you know, tweeted about it and got everyone's attention about it. But this, real quick, this is what they said. You had to do the participants in this had to do complete six tasks because we're not going to be able to go into depth about this. But this is not the way you celebrate Black History Month. Read a poem by a black Canadian author. This is a scavenger hunt thing that they have to do. Spend a few minutes to learn about Africa. <laughs> Answer three geographic questions about Africa. Dance. That was that was not that was not horrendous. But carry on. Dance to a reggae song. That one. (laughs) Endless the name. Endless the name. That one cheesed me. Cook an African or Caribbean meal and describe it. African. (laughs) 
have a conversation. Not West African, not South African, not pick a region in Africa, just African. Yeah, African. and this one is terrible too. Have a conversation with a black employee and name them. Because <laughs> you don't talk to them all year round until Black History Month. <laughs> How does that conversation I, go? If I, if, if, you know, the first thing I thought about was George Costanza trying to prove that he mm. has black friends. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's what that is. <clears throat> anyway, so your region of Durham... That's not how you do Black History Month, and Wrong. we might have to tweet out that article so you can see the rest of the parts of the scavenger hunt. But we can't. We could literally just laugh talking about that for the whole thing. <laughs> but also, we want to talk about this Marco Muzzo thing because this is what Nina got into the whole kerfuffle online with people about. Because this is this is an example of privilege at play. Like this guy got sentenced to ten years. He killed four people, three kids, and their grandfather. Mm-hmm. And he he's but he's only going to do half the time and just be free again. And again, if his name was Dikembe Mutombo, we wouldn't be having or, this come. Or the name of the humble Broncos driver. Yeah, just exactly. Do. So that. Nina, Nina repping for the home team. I respect that. Yeah. So Nina, you, Nina actually said online, you know, here's an example of white privilege. And she just got into this whole huge thing and cancel culture was trending this week. It was trending on Thursday. Um, the actress Gina Carino that um, is on the uh, Mandalorian, she got booted off of the show for a lot of stuff that she says online, which is a lot of. She plays the Cara Dune character on um, Mandalorian, so she got kicked off of the show because she's like QAnon type person type thing, and she was saying a lot mm-hmm. of stuff, and she actually compared being conservative in the states to being a Jewish person in Nazi Germany. That's how <laughs> she described being a conservative. And, you know, obviously that was enough for Disney to say, okay, that, we, we can't work with you anymore. We're, we're going to have to cut ties with you. And, of course, a lot of people were saying this is cancel culture and this is part of people not having freedom of speech and all that. And it was just this whole big mess online again. And I just watched it and said, wow, we should talk about this on the show. You're damn right. Okay. Darn right. You're darn right. So real quick, let's just get the COVID business stuff out of the way. Um March break is going to be postponed by a month. So, of course, because school is just recently starting and Toronto schools are not reopening until February 16th, which is just around the corner now. Um, so March break will actually be starting April, April 12th, instead of it. it was scheduled to be March 15th to the 19th. But because of the pandemic and school starting later, it'll be starting April 12th. I'm curious. What? I wonder if they I wonder if they're gonna move it back to March when things go back to normal or they're gonna keep it in April. I will mark document this show somehow. No, but no I they're, predict they're, they're, gonna keep they're committing April. to keeping it to April because Forever? No, not oh you mean no not forever. That's what I'm saying. Like, March for, like moving forward, it's gonna be in April instead of March. I no. feel like No, I don't think so because March break is like American spring break same time. So it would just mess up with the whole like cohesiveness of Thank you, Nina. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> crazy and um because april's coming around the corner there's the an infection disease expert by the name of colin furness um he's an expert in infectious diseases uh with the university of toronto he's uh, worried about um us having a third wave coming around in april because of all of these variants and news just hit the wire today as well too that the uk variant seems to be the dominant one that seems to be um spreading fastest globally and yep. unfortunately for Toronto, I think we might be the only city right now that has all three of the variants <laughs> as cases, registered record recorded cases, Toronto. Multi- I, think multi- this is, <laughs> I think this is the first time that people in Canada actually don't want to be from Toronto. <laughs> the first time in history. 
Maybe. I, I'm I going to say that's that. that that right there is the drawbacks of multiculturalism. And being the most populated city in the country as well, too. Like, yeah. obviously, Quebec has been having issues as well. But all the big cities have been having the most issues with the pandemic. And I think Toronto is the only city on the planet right now that has all three variant cases from Brazil, UK, and uh, I think uh, South Africa is where the uh, other variant is from. <laughs> this is never going to end. I feel like what's going to happen is we're going to have to go through COVID until every single country, there's going to be 72 versions of it. And then they're going to be like, all right. Now we're all immune to every single country's version. We're done. Oh boy. Okay. Or well, we can get these goddamn these gosh darn <laughs> vaccines. <laughs> hey, this is the radio part of the show, Solitaire. I mean, that's not really a curse, though. You know. Right. Gosh so, darn. so this Doctor Furness, he's expecting a third wave, and he expects it to be kind of bad around April. And you know, I try to avoid talking about this stuff a lot on the radio show because you're already getting this news from so many different places. But we're just touching on it. We're not going into big details, but it's still something that. I think people need to be mentally prepared for because it's been tough as it is already. And if you feel like there's light around the corner, better to get this news earlier rather than later that we might be seeing another lockdown type scenario (laughs) happening maybe around April. And I think it's important that we talk about this now because if we act right, (laughs) maybe we can avoid that. That's what all the doctors say. If we just act right... (laughs) That's exactly oh. what the doctors say. Just act right, people. Just, 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 just take it. Like, f- take our word for it. Just right. don't go. Just don't do it. But he's trying right. to give at least a little bit of positivity about it, saying that with vaccines coming, he's thinking that summer might actually be better than what the kind of summer we experienced last year. But it's. Just... I just want dancing to not be illegal. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. As a sing- as a single man, I hope that dancing is not outlawed. It's like Footloose. This feels like yeah. Footloose. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. dancing is yeah. not allowed. Dancing is against the law. Oh, That's what it is. So again, just I just want people to be mentally prepared for the possibility of us maybe having to have restrictions again um, in April with another wave because these variants are becoming a bit of a concern for the medical community in terms of the pandemic because they spread a little faster than the original uh, COVID-19, these uh, variants from Brazil, South Africa, nice. and the UK. And the UK one apparently is the fastest spreading most dominant one right now so way to go britain <laughs> and uh, uh, the uk one is apparently like the most it's like most efficiently transmissible transmissible one but apparently the brazil one is actually more deadly it dances uh, fa- it dances better yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, those are reddy fox's views and his alone yeah uh, Okay, anyways, let's move on to the story because this was a, a pretty big deal and this is what Nina got into this whole kerfuffle online about, this Marco Muzzo thing. Because mm. here's the thing, Marco Muzzo, he got granted full parole. Um, this was the drunk driver that killed four people, three kids and their grandfather, and um, he got granted full parole on Tuesday. And he previously got denied parole last April, just so you have a scope of what's been happening here with this guy now. What was your first impression, Solitaire, when you heard the story? The initial story or the parole story? Just the parole story in terms of hearing that this guy who was sentenced to 10 years is getting out already five years, half the sentence. Um, it's hard. It was hard not to hear about the wealth of his family. So to keep it brief, 
I was not surprised. Yeah, I wasn't surprised as well. And Nina, what was you, what was your first impression? Obviously, you you felt it was a white privilege situation. That's what I felt as well. Yeah, I um, it happened here in Vaughn, actually near my house. So when it initially happened, oh, right. it was a pretty big story here in in Vaughn. And um, I heard the story. Yeah, I was disgusted, but I was not surprised, and I was even more disgusted at the people I engaged with. You know what? The first thing I thought of you guys when um, I heard the story was Chair Girl. I was like, oh, it's just Chair Girl all over again, but just a different scenario where we're seeing two systems at play here. And this is part of the systemic racism. We were talking a bit about it during the uh, podcast time. But um, it's just an, another example of me of two systems at play. And same thing I said during the podcast, I'll say now, if his name was Dikembe Mutombo, he wouldn't be, I don't think he'd be getting parole. I'd the sentence, at first I thought it was light, he got 10 years, but that seems to be the average for what a sentence gets for someone that commits this kind of crime in terms of drunk driver kill somebody. So mm-hmm. I think the sentence was normal, but the fact that he got out, he's already getting out, and this was one of the stories that was national as well, across the whole country, same thing with Chair Girl as well. Think about mm-hmm. this, you guys, I'm just going to remind everyone for, again, if you're not familiar with the Chair Girl story, this was a young white woman she was videotaping herself with her friends. She threw a chair off of a 45-story Toronto balcony onto the street below. Could have killed anybody. Again, I'm, you don't have to tell me that if that was a black kid that did that. First of all, they wouldn't have been pushing his trial back as much as they were. And then she was fined $2,000 and given two years probation and 150 hours of community service. And multiple music video uh, appearances. That's not part of her sentencing. I know, (laughs) but it just shows more privilege. But again, exactly. So for me, when I heard this Marco Muzzo story, I was just like, oh, it's just another example of us having two systems here. And if it were a black person, we'd be seeing a completely different thing. So, Nina, when you said that, that this was an example of white privilege, what happened on social media for you and what kind of attacks did you receive from it? So I commented on the post and I wrote, this smells like white privilege. Like mm-hmm. I smell white privilege. How about you? A um, bunch of people, well, maybe like three or four people started coming at me. Funny enough, all of which uh, I had about 10 mutuals with because they were from Woodbridge. Um, <laughs> one person's comment asked, to what extent is Marco Muzzo legally responsible for causing the accident when he was unconscious or not in the right state of mind? Ridiculous. Um, another person, this is, it's not white privilege that got him out, just the justice system. It's just the way the justice system is. There's no such thing as white privilege. Pulling the race card in situations like this doesn't look good on me. It doesn't look good on Nina for saying that this is white privilege. It's sad. And then I started getting the DMs. Someone from high school. Okay. So somebody from high school DM'd me and said, it's sad to see me. They're sad. They're really sad to see me posting racist comments. But nowhere did I say, I hate white people or screw white people. I didn't say any sort of hate rhetoric towards white people. My best friends are white people. Uh, This person also said, I'm intentionally trying to separate people by saying white privilege played a part. Um, Anyone else who's rich and of color would have been free. This person used celebrities as an example. Yeah. Racism problems are actually classism problems. Um, And then just to finish off, he said, Canada's history is different than the United States. 
And another person DM'd me from high school, racism is not as systemic as I think it is because I view things how I want. And if my grandparents came to Canada when Marcos did and took the same risks, we would be rich too because apparently white privilege doesn't play a part in generational wealth. Okay, that's, that's um, a ton of foolishness that you had to deal with. Can we, we got? I would like to address a few of these points that people were trying to say to you as well. Like I just a, want to quickly say one thing. Yeah, Sorry. go ahead. Um, because I, I didn't know this, but he told me that Marco's family cu- uh, cut a huge check to the family of Neville Lake and that I should be fighting to end oppression because apparently I'm not doing that by using my voice. And I'm a brown woman of color, so I should be fighting to end white privilege when he's a white male. But I did want to just what? shout out because, yeah, I did have a very productive conversation with one of my best friends who's also Italian. Um, and she actually educated me on the history of Italians in the 1800s in America when they first went to America and why these people from high school are so hard-headed and thinking that they're still oppressed. But she herself, as an Italian woman, was able to say to me, Nina, it's 2021. Italians are no longer oppressed. We have white privilege. So these people are, are just like, their arguments are invalid. It's not 1864 anymore. It's not. Right. When people make these kind of arguments, I wonder if they're coming from two different places. One where I think they just want to troll just for the sake of pushing people's buttons. But I think that's a minority, actually. And I think a majority, especially if it seems like they're trying to be well-intentioned or whatever. They just don't understand the nuance of how systemic racism works, really yep. and truly. And Solitaire, you're, you were shaking your head. Do you, do you want to address at least the first thing in terms of when someone, when Nina brings up something like this and someone says you're playing the race card? <laughs> I mean, what is it to say? Like that, Number one, that's the reason why... I respect people like Desmond Cole. I respect our warriors on the ground who are who take the time and invest themselves into fighting into fighting the good fight when it comes to systemic racism and you know things like white privilege because I don't have the time. I don't have the time and I don't have the patience. Uh, and that's why I keep telling Nina, don't do it. Yep. <laughs> don't reply. It's not worth it because most people, when they, they show their ignorance and they're not coming on there to learn, they're coming on there to change to your mind to try to say that why you're wrong. And I think that what, what has been at odds for me is the problem that people like I, and here's the thing, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the parallel as a man. I can understand. I can acknowledge male privilege that men have. Because you recognize the power that we, there's certain things that like, I've never walked, I've never walked down a dark alley and felt afraid for my safety that someone's going to jump out and rape me. Mm -hmm. I've never felt like somebody didn't take me seriously because I mean, as a black man, it's a little bit different, like interacting with authority. But other than that, I feel like I have, you know, my voice is, is heard. So I, I acknowledge male privilege. Um, the problem when people who don't want to acknowledge their privileges is because they don't want to give it up. Yep. They don't want to be accountable or acknowledge that they benefit from something that they that that other people don't have access to. Not necessarily, I think as well too. I think they just don't see it. I think they're blind to it, really and mm-hmm. truly. Like the thing is that the difference is when you say that you acknowledge your your male privilege. If you had a thousand women saying to you like something that you didn't realize and say, no, that's your male privilege, would you start to argue back with them and say, well, you're playing the misogyny card or something like that? You would hear them out and hear what they have to say. But for these people that are going to like, you know, push back to Nina, you know, saying, oh, you're a racist or, you know, you're playing the race card or this and that. 
I don't I think they literally have blinders on and they cannot see the existence of systemic racism in the first place. And I don't even think they're aware of the statistics that we have spouted on this show numerous times in the past, which I will again very shortly, just to give you guys a reminder of how disproportionately people of color are policed. And that part of that policing leads up to the judges and the harsher sentences that black people get versus white people for the same crimes. It's just, it, it, it just, in itself, it's a representation of their privilege to not even see it. Like, to tell me, like, as a woman of color, like, that this is nothing with, to do with white privilege is an insult to my experiences growing up. Do you think that, that it was something that, like, I wanted to do growing up was to not use my real name because I feared the exact thing that happened to me in high school when somebody found out my real name and right. told me to lay in a hole and die because I was brown. I didn't use my real name from when I was like six years old. Why was a six-year-old thinking about how they would, how people would react to them finding out their cultural name, right. you know? And, but these, these people who were messaging me have no idea what that sounds like. Their names are Michael and Daniel. I don't care. I'm going to say their real names. That's their names. And they never had to worry about whether or not somebody was going to make fun of them from being named Michael or being being named Daniel. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, it just there's so many more experiences that I've had. But like for that to be my first one, like and for you to tell me it doesn't exist, like it's just ridiculous. When they say that it doesn't exist, and I think sometimes people will conflate this too with the whole freedom of speech thing, because it actually ties into that same actress um Gina Carino that was on the Mandalorian who got kicked off of the show because she was tweeting stuff in the past as well saying that she didn't believe in systemic racism and I I don't understand how I'm not sure how you can get someone to see it if they already don't see it now when it seems so plain as day as it is already and real quick uh Selena Caesar Chavanez am I pronouncing that right solitaire your friend Chavanes um, yeah. She tweeted as well, saying that the criminal justice system works for some. Meanwhile, black, brown, and indigenous people languish in the criminal punishment system. This guy did five years for killing four people. Solitaire, I'm sure you're aware of people that have been in jail for longer for less. <laughs> Absolutely. Wrongfully accused, mind you. Wrongfully accused. But listen, I think that... Um... If there's one thing, and I kind of went through some of the comments, and I'm not following Six Buzz, so I didn't go. I only read through the screenshots that you that you addressed. There's one thing that I do agree. I think that I would say that I would I would weigh that this was more classism than white privilege at play. I think white privilege played a part, an integral part. But this was more to do with classism than it was. May I ask you this, though? If he were a rich black man, do you think they would have uh, gone just as easy on him as they did with Marco Muzzo? I think they would have still made an example out of him. Uh, especially, think- if the, especially if the family that I killed as a drunk driver, especially if they were white. No, I was, <laughs> I, it was I, no shot. I just quickly, sorry. I, I agree with you there in the sense that Yes, this has to do with the fact that his family has a lot of money. They just donated $15 million to the hospital down the street from my house and have a wing named after them. That doesn't make it okay. But yeah, yeah. their opportunities to get to that wealth from way back when, they didn't have to face all the barriers that our families had to face. And I just think that, like, it just, there was something else I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. That's Anyways. okay. Well, again, just to go back to, uh, to, to belabor the point in terms of how systemic it is, uh, just for some examples, there was um, an Ontario Human Rights Commission report that came out that analyzed Toronto Police Services data from 2013 to 2017, 
And it found, which we already knew in terms of black people being over-policed, that black people are more likely to be arrested, charged, or forced, or have force used against them by Toronto police. Uh, they're more likely, they're 38%, even though they're only 8% of the population, they represent 38% of SIU cases in terms of police using violence in cases. When it comes to sentencing, which is a part of this whole parole example, being that black people get harsher sentences for the same crimes that white people get. So I'm already aware of this stuff. So for me, knowing that systemic racism exists, it's already as plain as day for me. But how do you speak to someone that doesn't see it, they're not aware of these statistics, and in their mind, they really don't think it exists? They I, have to be willing. Sorry, Solitaire. No, no, go ahead, no, go ahead, go ahead. They honestly, like what I learned from this experience, <clears throat> because I've never had this conversation with my best friend before. And the fact that I was able to, but then with these other people, I wasn't, they genuinely just have to be willing to have the conversation. They they can't come into the conversation thinking this person's wrong. I'm going to change their mind. They have to actually be open to having a conversation, which is why it went so well with my best friend. But with these other people, it didn't because they were so hell bent on changing my mind because I was wrong. They weren't, they weren't trying to understand. Right. And solitaire before you jump in, because this is the way sometimes this conversation goes, take someone for, from my perspective where, I see these statistics, I'm already black, I'm already living the experience of having firsthand knowledge of, you know, being over-policed. I've had my own situations of, you know, running into police through no fault of my own and them questioning me and all sorts of stuff. So for someone from their perspective that they don't experience that, they don't know know anybody that experiences it, so they'll go on Twitter and they'll say, oh, systemic racism is just another example of people playing the race card. How do you engage with someone like that? Or how would you engage with someone like that, Solitaire? Who, me? Yeah, you, Solitaire, yeah. <laughs> I would not. It's, that, is a, that is a waste of time and resources, okay? Uh, the reason why there's some people you can converse with and some people will come in with their minds already made up, it's called, it's, it's, that's really a measure of intelligence. Intelligence is knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know and being willing to learn. Say, listen, this is the set of facts that I'm coming into this situation with. This is the way I understand the world to work. Um, You're saying white privilege. You're saying systemic racism. Show me examples so that I can get it. That's, that is, you know, that's literally why we go to school to learn how to learn. But most of these people are being indoctrinated. And, you know, you brought up something when you said that they, that, you know, people, uh, they have these beliefs and they want to, they, their, their purpose in engaging with you is not to, to, uh, to grow their own knowledge, but it's to prove why you're wrong. Just a and debate. It's just an exercise of debate for them. And, and, and that's part of the problem. I think that this whole idea, and I think it, it has to do with social media. It has to do with these uh, self, you know, uh, the, the bubbles that we're all able to curate for ourselves. And this idea that you can choose to believe something in spite, despite, regardless of the facts, you could be like, yeah, you can, you can provide as much statistics as you want here, Ready Fox, right now. You can lay it all on the line, all the research that's been done. Somebody's going to say, yeah, I don't believe that. That's mainstream. <laughs> that's mainstream lies. That's, uh, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's leftist, snowball, you liberalist know, nonsense. Some of those people, yeah, those people, unfortunately, to call them lost causes, that's probably the best way to do it. But for some yeah. of the other people that Nina was engaging with, those, some of those people are not lost causes. They were, I think They're, they were legitimately just not understanding or having a grasp of the bigger picture. 
And going off of what Solitaire said about like these these real stats and examples, like number one, if this was a, a rich, I remember what I was going to say now. If this was a rich black guy, um, sure, maybe they would have considered it a little more. But there's no way I can confidently say, yeah, he would have been free. No way, no way. And I did give an example. The Humboldt Broncos driver, his name is just Kirit Singh Sidhu. He's Indian. Okay, the guy ran a red light because he was tired. I'm Fell not going to lie. At the wheel. Yeah. And, and, you know, he ran a red light because he was tired. He hit the bus. Tragically, it killed that many people. I believe it was 16 or 13. Very tragic accident. I'm not taking away from how terrible that was. But the guy is in jail for eight years and he's facing deportation. When I brought that up to somebody, they said, yeah, because he's not a Canadian citizen and we're paying for him to stay in jail. So it's actually completely different. It has nothing to do with racism. <laughs> I like I couldn't I couldn't mm. listen to me I think I think the the example of Masai Ujiri and what he went through with that police officer which you know by the way I don't know if you guys heard that yeah that, they dropped that, the case they dropped the chart they dropped the charges after the video came out this guy really had no leg to stand on but the fact that as you mentioned a wealthy like prominent visible black iconic leader of a of a major corporate organization the toronto raptors still had to prove his innocence in, in in such in like with so many witnesses <laughs> you know what i mean like the there's so many different examples of the disparity between the way you know somebody who who um appears white because sometimes it's not even like i said the thing about speaking about italians because i grew up around italians they have a a rich culture they consider themselves italian canadian salute to all my italians out there we i love you know i love the culture but i think that this idea of uh white privilege applies to them because some of them they can like you said they could have white sounding names they could look white and the only we only way you would know they're italian is if they say that they're Italian, right. you know what I'm saying? So, and that's kind of where a lot of them, they kind of take these cues and say, it can't be white privilege because I'm not white, mm-hmm. but you appear white unless you, and that's the, that's the whole problem. And that goes for anyone with white skin, like Albanian, like my Albanian friend had no problem acknowledging she has white privilege. Yeah. Some right. Turkish people are very white skinned as well. Yeah. People see your skin. That's the first thing they see. Yeah, they're going to judge you off that. It is a case by case basis, but I, I I don't think everyone is a lost cause that will push back on this conversation because I really just think they don't have a grasp for like the deeper issues that are at play here. So I think it's sometimes worth it to engage with people. So kudos to you, Nina. You've done your part for Black History Month. You can chill. For the rest of February, Nina. I am <laughs> never talking about this Marco Muzzo story ever again after today. So ever. There you go. And solitaire, that's it. We're done with uh, politics as usual. There's so much more that we could talk about. But, so, um, so much more. It, I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, that, that felt like it flew by and we barely scratched the surface. So I appreciate that. Nina, we appreciate you putting your body on the line, on the yep. virtual <laughs> line. With Blacks, like I said, you've earned your Black History Month certificate. I, I would have done it in real life too. Don't get it twisted. Oh, I, I, I know. I know that's why we keep you around but uh you know I, I don't know if any of you have found your reggae song that you want to dance to <laughs> part of the uh the scavenger hunt for black history but yeah have you decided what reggae song you're going to dance to to yeah. celebrate black history yeah month? we'll talk more about that on the podcast time but we got we got it we're way over time we gotta go okay all right we gotta pay some bills ladies and gentlemen for those of you listening to vibe right now stay tuned we'll be right back for those of you listening to the podcast you're lucky <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what my Black History Month reggae song 
for the scavenger so hunt is going to be. So this is it. Okay, so here's here's the whole thing again. So um, participants were asked to complete at least six tasks. <laughs> Read and name a poem by a black Canadian author. Spend a few minutes to learn about Africa and answer three geographic questions. When it's all listed to this, it doesn't sound good. If it were separate on its own and they just said, you know what? We would like you to go out and read a black Canadian author. I would say, good. That's pretty cool. But when you put it like this, why didn't you just throw in some African Easter eggs and stuff as well, too, while you're at it? Where is she? Yeah, whatever. So... Read a poem by a black Canadian author. Spend a few minutes to learn about Africa and answer three geographic questions. Dance to a reggae song and list the name. Cook an African or Caribbean meal and describe it. Have a conversation with a black employee and name them. (laughs) Take a photo of an item in the home that reminds the participant of black history and explain why with an accompanying picture. And unscramble and identify six words in this phrase. And they have a whole bunch of letters. And I don't see Z in there, so you can't spell colonizer. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what words you can't spell with it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, look, at it's a super long word. It's like E-Y-G-U-L-L-E-E-C-C-A-A-T-T-H-O-I-O-N-N. Like, B-A-N-N-N-N-A-N-N-B-A-N-N. I'm making sure there's no G's in there. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. You can't use that. Listen to me. Shit's crazy. If if this idea was conceptualized by a black person, we're trading you. <laughs> we're trading you for somebody else. I would love to know who thought that up, actually. That would be good to know. It, it can't possibly, it cannot possibly have gone through a decision maker, who anybody who is a person of color for that matter. I feel like this was a, like, they were like, oh shit, Black History Month is coming. We got to do something. And someone just, they gave one specific person and was like, you don't need to hand it in for like to go over or nothing like that. Just literally once it's done, put it out there. So it's on time. And then they just did it in the last, like the Friday before black history month started on the Monday. And we're like, here you go. Hilarious. You know, that is exactly how it happened. <laughs> Somebody was like, fuck, we got to do something for black history month, man. Before, before these fucking people in the city are, are going to start complaining that we're not celebrating black history month. What do we do? What do black people like to do? They like reggae, right? <laughs> yeah, make them dance to reggae. Yeah. They like poetry. Poetry is like rap, right? We'll get like a Canadian poet. They got to say something for find a black friend, make a black friend. That's awesome, right? They should have just. But only for February. Don't be friends with them after that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll talk yeah. to them after. Guys, I, I got to use the bathroom. Vamp, vamp, vamp. Okay, they, take... yeah, they should have forced them to learn Dutty Wine. That's what they should have done. <laughs> Um, here's the thing. So you know that uh, you didn't watch The Mandalorian, did you, Nina? No, I don't. I don't watch. It's a show or a movie. I don't. It's even a know. it's a show on Disney Plus, but it's a Star yeah, Wars show. But the actress that got canceled, or the thing is that people did want to cancel her because her name fired Gina Carino was trending today, or it was mm, trending before that. they they fired her and stuff. And so all the same people that you know would be like, oh, this is just another example of the far left. You know, freedom of speech and all this bullshit. This is what she said. She said, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to that point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? 
Yeah, she's uh, really just. She thought she was doing something with that one. Like she really thought she did was. And See, then that's loaded. That statement is so wrong for so many different reasons. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's offensive. It's highly super offensive. offensive. So a lot of people that. were offended by it, obviously. And on top of that, she did stuff in the past too, where she made fun of people that self-identified differently. You know, people now will put mm-hmm. on their Twitter bio, refer to he, me as he, she, yeah. or this or that. I think she made fun of that on her Twitter. And mm-hmm. she refused to even put a she, her, or whatever on it because she's like, she's not doing that. Mm-hmm. And what else? She also said that Jeff Epstein didn't kill himself, even though it's, it's I, up I to you like, to believe that or not. But um, she was a I Trump like, person. I, I feel like Disney should have known this before hiring her i feel like this goes to another example maybe they maybe they did know it already but the thing is that if they hired her and they were like okay what if they were hired and were like you know what try not to say that stuff on social media and she might have been like you know what okay cool or whatever and she couldn't just help herself or whatever but people were trying to say this is you know this is showing that you know they don't care about freedom of speech and this and that. And people are like saying, no, she's not going to jail for the stuff she said. She lost her job. She yeah. lost her job because Disney is going to look at that and see how people are reacting to what she's saying. And if people decide to boycott the show now, that's not good for the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, th- I, I, I don't think they knew about it. It's hard for, for them to vet like actors because in that realm, it's almost like you don't want to know <laughs> what these people are in, into like when they're not at work. You kind of just hope that they're responsible enough to, to come to work and do their job. Do you think they're wrong for firing her? No. Because all these other guys started posting these videos now coming to her defense saying how here's another example of the corporate wokeness taking over Hollywood now because they fired her because she said these things like, yeah, she said a lot of bullshit. And Disney was like, well, if we keep her on the show and there's this whole grassroots movement now to say, we're not going to watch the show anymore. I don't understand why people seem to think that freedom of speech means that you should just be able to say whatever fuck shit you want to say and, and suffer no just consequences. Have to just take it. Cause they're like, yeah, yeah, I said it. It's oh. like, you know, one thing that this that this week made me so thankful for was that I was able to, like, after high school, I made my own group of friends and, and engaged myself with a lot more people who weren't just the people that live in Woodbridge because <laughs> I just couldn't believe the audacity of these people. And that's how they think. Yeah. You know like what? I, Next time you're in an argument with those people, too, in that situation like that, say... You know what, you guys? I'm not going to talk to you guys about this anymore. I'll talk about it on my radio show. Yeah. Yo, the one guy said, the one guy, Daniel, ended the conversation by saying, I'm not sure what you want me to say here. Uh, Best of luck to you on your radio show and your podcast. Buddy, I don't give a fuck if I get your best of luck. I'm unfollowing your ass right here. You actually tried to holler at me 15, 11,000 times years ago and like two years ago. And you want to come to me with this bullshit? Are you crazy? I could not. Yeah, that and, and and that's usually that's the part that's kind of like it's funny because they want to they want to talk down to you. That's the whole thing. Listen, yep. you don't you don't understand. Yep. So best of luck with all that. You're like, hey, all right, cool. Yeah, I say it's better to troll in those situations. <laughs> okay, be well. the troll. Don't be the sucker. That's like, why don't you understand this shit? Yeah, but you know what though it's i get it again i get the temptation again and i think for some people they're really just confused and they just don't know any better and maybe if you 
school them to some stats and be like, look, black people are only 8% of the population, but they get arrested 25% of the time. Some of those people will just say black people commit more crimes, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, you're, I think you're a very nice, you're a very generous person that thinks the best of people. But I think those people that you're talking to, they're the type of people that need to read the instructions on a shampoo bottle. Yeah. <laughs> I've never looked at the instructions on a shampoo bottle ever in my life. That's, that's a sick thing. That's a sick yeah. thing. Okay, well, yeah. we got to do radio time now, but that's so dope. I love it. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. I'll tell you, y'all are missing out on the podcast. If you don't listen, we appreciate you listening live on Vibe 105, but you got to listen to the podcast because we get it gets litty. It gets funny. We actually get to curse a little bit. I'd be name dropping people. Uh, name dropping people. It's lit. So if you ha- if you miss the show and you miss certain parts and you want to understand why we come back in and we're laughing after the break, <laughs> listen to the podcast version. But in the meantime, in between time, ladies and gentlemen, now it's time for us to get into what is going on in the world of music. No better, Nina. What's on the agenda? Okay, so first of all, we spoke about the TI and tiny sexual abuse allegations last week. Right. So. A kind of follow-up has happened. And to Reddy's request, and I think all of us thought it would have been good if if T.I. had, you know, come forward with the defamation case, but nothing has happened. Uh-uh. Um, so, Reddy, do you want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to say that this is actually a big deal of a story. Like, this is an important story. Yeah. So I don't yes. think this is something that's going to be gone for some time until, you know, there's some sort of resolution. Side yeah. note real quick, R. Kelly's uh, trial keeps getting pushed back as well too but this ti tiny story though like it's gonna be around for a little while i think i i think so too so so following those sexual abuse allegations we spoke about uh against ti and his wife tiny mtv entertainment has decided to pull the plug on their reality tv show ti and tiny friends and family hustle which airs on vh1 Now, the show was recently renewed for a fourth season just three weeks ago, um, and an MTV spokesperson made a statement saying that we are aware of the allegations, and while they are not connected to our show, we have reached out to T.I. and Tamika Harris, as well as local and state officials. Given the serious nation of the allegations, we have decided to suspend production in order to gather more information. Mm. What, what are your guys' thoughts on them pulling a plug on the show without, um, you know, with, with just the current allegations at hand? I mean, they said they said that they suspended it. They didn't. They didn't like end yeah, it. Sus- right. Yeah, suspended. Yeah. I, you got You got to do that, man. You got to do that. It, it, at least, like, at least they're not completely, you know, writing him off, and they they want the evidence to bear itself out. Give the women a chance to tell their stories and be heard and provide the facts. But at the same time, you got to give him. You know, it's it's innocent until been, until proven guilty. He has the right to defend himself, especially if the allegations are not true. And I think that's kind of like the slippery slope. I feel like when you're, you're, when I'm reckoning with this idea of encouraging women who have been abused, who've been raped to come forward and be able to tell their truth without being slandered or like, you know, harassed or intimidated. But at the same time, the person who's accused, you know, the fact of the matter is we don't know any of these people. I don't know any of the names of the women who have made these accusations. Um, I do believe that women are, you know, are victims of abuse at, at frightening rates. But at the same time, we got to hear TI's story. So I think it was the appropriate response. Yeah, I, you know what? I do as well. And again, this is, I think part of it plays a role in the fact that TI has a little history with controversy now. 
You know, mm-hmm. like he's been arrested once before for the whole gun thing. And then he had the controversy around his daughter. And, you know, there was a, a whole layers of misogyny and all sorts of stuff in play with that. So with a situation like this, again, if it was just one person accusing him of this and it was like a he said, she said thing, I would still say you need to investigate this thing. I would feel a little not as okay with them suspending a show, but because I think you said 19 women came out accusing yeah. him to say they've also experienced this, you know, sexual abuse type thing with tiny NTI. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree with it. Suspend the show at least, but conduct the investigation again. And TI, once again, if you are innocent, you claim your innocence, definitely sue this woman. Like if you don't, Please. you know, like it just doesn't look good if you don't like, you know, you know, defend your innocence. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. But with this whole thing being like 20 women accusing him of this already, I agree with suspending it. But please conduct an investigation. Don't just leave it at that, obviously. Yeah, I agree. Because now it's putting a whole like the whole thing with um, his daughter and the, the whole Hyman thing like that was already kind of like weird. But like now it's really putting an extra weird perspective yeah. on it with all of this coming forward. Like just mm-hmm. very odd. Um, So did you guys watch the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl, the game, the football game. Oh, Lino Sali said he was going to watch it. Did, did I say? I, did I say that out loud? Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did say it out loud. You didn't watch this. You you watched the Super Bowl, didn't you, Solitaire? Yes, I did. Did I you did. enjoy uh, it? I did. I did. I did. Enjoy Are you going to start watching football again now, Solitaire? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was a, that was a very specific, special occasion. I wanted to see, wanted to see Tom Brady. That was like you know that's a once that's a once in a lifetime. Thing to see that that level of like he's not retiring so what if he's in the super bowl again next year <laughs> then I'll, I'll then i'll watch the super bowl but i'm not gonna watch, I'm not gonna so watch football well, I'm you're only go gonna keep watching the super bowl if tom brady's in the super bowl that's what you're saying right now not necessarily, not necessarily. wow, wow. Wait, would you ever go to- hey that's not what i said that's not what I said, damn it. But Wait, listen. You were saying that because it was a special occasion because Tom Brady, which is it's an incredible accomplishment. This guy's going for a seventh Super Bowl. He has said, I'm not retiring. I'm going for more. So you're saying if he's in the Super Bowl again, you're going to watch. If he's, you know what? Yes. And, and the year <laughs> after. Yes, I would. If he and makes the year it after. for another, for like. As long for, as Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl, you're going to watch. Ah, shut up. <laughs> okay, but ready. I know you didn't watch, but did you watch? Hell no. The, did you, did you watch the weekend's halftime performance? I did not watch it, but I saw one billion memes from it. All right, and solitary. Did you watch the weekend's halftime performance? I watched it. I watched it. Well, would, would yes, I watched it? I watched the damn Super Bowl. Oh, all right. Don't judge me, guys. I'm not judging you. What's your thoughts on it? I thought it was great, man. Hometown kid did did as proud. I think I think it was, as far as Super Bowl performances go, I was just curious how he was going to clean up his music because I don't <laughs> think you know I don't think there's any song that he has that doesn't have like some kind of problematic uh, reference. People like, don't know. I don't think people notice those problematic things so much because even with "Can't Feel My Face," a lot of people don't realize yeah. what it's about. Yeah, and they just enjoy it because musically it sounds amazing, and his voice is obviously good, and the whole nine of it, but. A lot of people, I think, the actual subject matter is going right over their head. 
yeah for sure that's I what guess. happened maybe that's why he transitioned to pop so he could still sing about that stuff but just 100 that would be that would be my uh hypothesis but on you that. know he's you know he's got hits man he's definitely got hits i saw I... I saw the track listing for the songs he performed and stuff and i was like that's he picked a pretty good order for performing them too though so okay i didn't watch uh the super bowl i didn't watch the halftime show you guys know i like the old weekend only i don't like the new weekend thought he was only gonna perform new stuff but so okay before he his halftime show he already earned himself his own day in the city called the weekend day which is going to be every february 7th for mayor john tory who made the announcement that morning that's fair yeah he's the first toronto artist to ever this is a big deal for a toronto artist and that's one thing i saw i saw nothing but memes of him walking around in a lit room in a red suit and nothing but scarborough 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 all across my twitter timeline because scarborough was obviously proud of the weekend and a video of his him doing that acapella in young and dundas square years ago and i saw another picture of him from performing at a utsc talent show like years ago as well so it was cool um so I was actually a little wrong because he started his performance off with some classics from House of Balloons. So, you know, I, I heard a little bit of that and I was like, whoa, should I have watched it? But then I heard what came after that and I was like, yeah, no, I shouldn't have. <laughs> You're such a hater, Nina. Nina, what's up with that? No. So he he went into more of his pop material, which is just not my, it's not my style, bro. Like, yeah, okay. Just, Nina um, likes that under. She wants that underground. She just wants the buggy, bugged out stuff. No, I want the genre he created that he came up with and that created this whole other influence of artists. That's what made him special. Right. But anyways, I get it. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, the weekend invested seven million dollars out of his own pocket into the show Love to make it. sure. Yeah, to make sure that the visuals were perfect for those watching in the stadium at home. So the red jacket he wore took two hundred and fifty hours to make. Um, and he also paid homage to Michael Jackson's ni- 1993 Super Bowl entrance. Um, his message with, with his performance was supposed to be a continuation of his year-long narrative of his character from his Heartless music video. So those memes you see? Um, and that character was having a really bad night. So in case you didn't know, that video shows a reckless man with a death wish as he stumbles through Las Vegas. And that reckless man then continues his journey into the music video for Blinding Lights, In Your Eyes, Too Late, and Save Your Tears. Now, the storyline for all those videos is intended to shine a light on what celebrities often do to stay young and relevant in Hollywood, which he also reflected in his Super Bowl performance with his army of bandaged up dancers. So that's why they had those bandages on their heads. And they were actually wearing masks over their face, too, even though it blended in with the bandages. So you couldn't tell. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The weekend told Variety that the significance of the entire head bandages is reflecting on the observed culture of the Hollywood celebrity and people manipulating themselves for superficial reasons to please and be validated. It's all a progression and we watch the character's storyline hit heightened levels of danger and absurdity as his tale goes on. Mm-hmm. Also, the reason he had his bandaged up face with two black eyes when he accepted his AMA award back in November was because the weekend wanted to raise awareness about the dangers of drunk driving. Did he do that? I don't think that's what I got from it. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. That's not but... what I got from it either. But I actually read an article about the performance and talking about this theme that he yeah. layered out throughout his uh, videos. Super impressed. Like he's put a lot of thought, obviously, into this. It's not he's just not making it up as he goes along. So, yeah, yeah. like I'm super proud and happy for him. Truly, like it's that... great for the city. It's just great overall. 
he's the definition of living his art. Like he's a performance artist in every aspect. And I highly, highly, he's like the, in a sense, he's like the male Lady Gaga. Yeah, I could see that. I I actually, you know what? I will say after reading it and finding out that basically his character Heartless had this continuation through all of this. And then the Super Bowl performance was a continuation of that. I actually would, I'm going to watch those videos, all of them. I never watched any of them because, you know, I don't like the songs, but, but I will actually do it now. They're good songs, Nina. You're such a they're not they're not nothing will ever ever compare to house of balloons yeah i know i know it's like you know jay-z fans will say nothing will ever compare to his first album uh yeah 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 (laughs) um yeah (laughs) anyways congrats weekend i was so proud of you just give me some more old stuff anyways um (laughs) so uh at the very beginning of the month uh i don't know if you guys remember but two fbi agents or if you guys heard it was actually kind of swept under the rug Two FBI agents in Florida were murdered while serving a search warrant in relation to a child pornography case. Did you guys hear about that? Yes. Yes, I did. No, I did not hear about that. Yeah, it was horrible. It was a horrible case. Yeah, a lot of people are, are, I think a lot of people were assuming that it had something to do with um, Trump and Epstein and all of them as well. I I saw a couple things. No, I thought that was just a drug bust that went bad child pornography bus oh was it oh it's yeah a child pornography bus yeah but um yeah just the the thing is that uh the people that the fbi agents were coming to arrest i guess they were tipped off or something that the -hmm. fbi was coming to arrest them and they were prepared and the second the fbi agents knocked on the door they just started shooting and they killed unfortunately two fbi agents but yeah go ahead nina no, it's okay. Um, so yeah, 55-year-old David Lee Hubber uh, opened fire on the FBI agents serving with search warrant, injuring three of them and killing 36-year-old Daniel Alfin and 43-year-old Laura Schwarzenberger. Um, so after hearing about this story, you know Kodak Black, he's from Florida. Um, he recently returned home after serving two years of a four-year sentence thanks to a pardon from Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> he Kodak wanted to know how he could help the families of the two agents that were killed mm. So Kodak and his lawyer, Bradford Cohen, whose name Kodak also got tattooed on his hand not too long ago, by the way. Uh, he tattooed <laughs> his lawyer's hand on his name? His lawyer's name on his hand. Yeah, he tattooed Brad Cohen uh, right oh. on the side of his hand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, so Kodak and Brad reached out to the families of both FBI agents and with an offer from Kodak to pay for the tuition of the children that they left behind. Oh. Um, so Daniel left behind a three-year-old and Laura left behind a four-year-old and a nine-year-old. As of right now, Kodak is still awaiting a response from the families. What's your guys' thoughts on the situation? It's amazing. Yeah, Without that, knowing, you didn't even know about the situation itself. Man. I just, I, this, I, like, sorry, I, I, child pornography, like, I, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get too, uh, you know, explicit on the air, but if I were to ever find out like somebody who's involved in that, that say is the no most... more. Yeah. Say no more. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, Kodak, you know, I guess he's trying to atone for, for his sins, so to speak. So any kind, anytime you, 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 you offer a gesture like that, it's, it's a good look. Yeah, I, no, I, it's, I just... it's a great look for him. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm getting it mixed up with another artist. Is he the same artist that just recently got a diamond implanted in his forehead? No, no, that's a little Uzi. Okay, all right. <laughs> let's, not, let's not talk about that ever again. <laughs> I just couldn't um, believe it. 
but go on. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, but, but you know what, Kodak, I will give it to him. Like he's been doing charitable acts since like, oh, like I think since he like 2018, 2019, around then, like he does um, Thanksgiving turkey giveaways in his um, like home area of Florida somewhere. And he does like Christmas toy drives and like donates money to charity and stuff. So he does a lot of stuff. Um, but this was like cool because like it wasn't the story wasn't heard that like as largely across the world so yeah i did, I did not know it I, I did not know that story that's crazy yeah yeah it's good and that's one of the that's one of the things that one of the reasons why i don't condemn artists or say oh he you know you're spending this money on this foolishness why don't you give back and help people out because you don't know what these artists are doing mm-hmm. and never make that assumption about any celebrity any artist to say oh they don't give back you don't know and so and the best charity the best giving is when it's anonymous so yeah exactly yeah um anyway so now into something a little more um you know positive yeah um Okay, so sorry, trying to do two things at once here. Yeah, yeah something a little more positive. Um, okay, so TikTok and UMG have reached a deal. Um, so following a nasty follow-up between Triller and UMG, who Triller claims pulled their entire catalog of music from them without any notice because they don't actually want to give the artists their money, TikTok has reportedly reached a new deal with the label. Um, according to Variety, the new deal you, uh, between UMG and TikTok allows users to access recorded music of artists signed to UMG's label and songwriters with Universal Music Publishing Group, essentially giving TikTok users access to clips from Universal's entire music catalog. In regards to what UMG had to say about putting their, pulling their catalog from Triller, a spokesperson said that Triller has shamefully withheld payments owed to our artists and refuses to negotiate a license going forward. We have no alternative except to remove our music from Triller effective imme- immediately. Oddly enough, though, Lil Wayne, The Weeknd, and Marshmallow, who are all signed to UMG, have co-ownership of Triller. Kendrick Lamar, who is also signed to UMG, is also an investor in the app, along with Snoop Dogg, Young Thug, Tyga, and T.I. The new partnership is said to allow the app to continue to introduce emerging talent on a global scale. So things like, you know, the Erica Banks with the Busted Challenge or the June Bug Challenge with the song by... I think his name is beatbox or something um yeah i, I think it's a it's a good move but it's kind of a shame that it didn't work with triller because that could have helped artists even more i'm not even familiar with triller i'm not even gonna lie what is triller yeah. it's another it's another one of those i, I actually you know i kind of liked it more before tiktok before i actually learned how to work tiktok basically you play a song and you record yourself doing whatever to four different times and then triller mashes it up for you and makes it look cool Okay. Are you going to use it? Are you going to start doing more on it or no? No, I stopped using it after I figured out how to work TikTok. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, I, I'm, hold, I'm, holding, I'm holding strong and firm on not creating a TikTok account. <laughs> if you create one, I'll let you follow my top secret TikTok that nobody knows about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't. Now you, I mean, you, you've upped the ante. You've upped the ante, but I'm not going to do it. All right, fine. Um, Rudy, you had something you wanted to talk about? Absolutely. This was big news. Um, I was really surprised by this, and I saw that you weren't going to bring it up. And I was like, okay, if we have a little time in music news, I would bring this up because this was a big deal for me. I couldn't, I think I know be- what it I couldn't believe it. Like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees were oh. announced this week, and some of the names that are on the list, <laughs> Mary J. Blige is on the list for the 2021 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Really? Yep. I'll tell you all of the names on here. You tell me if there's any ones you disagree with or you agree with. 
Uh, I don't, Nina, you just tell me if you've heard of them. <laughs> yeah, I know who Mary J. Blige is. I'm so happy for you, Nina. Like, I would have really been upset. Kate Bush is on the list. Devo is on the list. Foo Fighters, The Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Shaka oh, wow. Khan, Carol King, Fela Kuti. Oh. That's the first name I haven't heard of, Fela Kuti. Um, LL Ever heard of Fela Kuti? Fela Kuti, no. I, I've not. Yeah, he's a legendary. Um, I, I, I don't know what country in Africa he's from, but um, I'm embarrassed. But yeah, yeah it's, he's, it's okay. I, don't, I haven't even. So there you go. Famous, but, yeah, famous musician. Yeah. LL Cool J is on the I list. That one I do actually. I thought he was already in there. No, he is not. He's not in there oh, yet. Or maybe I didn't know. Maybe just from previous years because I swear he keeps getting nominated. Maybe, but New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, uh, wow. Todd Rudgen. Tina Turner, Tina Turner, <laughs> Tina Turner, <laughs> and some 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 rap some rap girl is gonna call herself Tina Turner, for Tina Turner, Tina Turner, yeah, and um Dion Warwick, Dion Warwick is on the list there for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I saw that I was like that's amazing. Again, I'm just out of all of the names on this list. To be honest with you, I'm happiest for Mary J. Blige. <laughs> to be honest with you, Tina Turner deserves it absolutely i think she's a shoe in actually yeah out of, of all of for most of the names that are on the list here um i would say dion warwick tina turner and uh iron maiden maybe i guess just why did i feel like jay-z was already in there too no because i i think he's on the song the songwriters hall of fame or something like that but this is the rock and roll hall of fame which is obviously the most coveted of, I think, of all music hall of fames that you could ever get into, obviously. So why is it though? I'm curious. Just, just tradition for the same reason why the Grammys have been considered the, you know, number one trophy or an Oscar for an actor or whatever. It's just history and time, really, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but again, congratulations just for Mary J. Blige. Like to see her <laughs> beginnings from where she came from and the kind of music that she's made and how she's kind of stayed true to her roots and she really hadn't changed who she was for her to get this rock and roll hall of fame nominee. It's just, it's amazing to me. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Solitaire? Oh man. I love it. I love Mary J queen of hip hop R and B. Um, it's exciting to see her get, um, recognize like this level of recognition to be, you know, entrenched into, you know, the, to the, to music, the music cultural, like, legacy of uh, rock and roll hall of fame for all time right it's, it's, it's great for hip-hop it's great for women black women and um i'm ecstatic, I'm ecstatic for her i love mary j Blige, one of my favorites of all time yeah and and real quick just to wrap this up for this part here actually i forgot to mention to just in terms of the shoe into me carol king i think will probably make it in as well but carol king tina turner and dion warwick and iron maiden those are my bets for them getting in there but that's pretty much it i just wanted to mention that again and of course i'm so happy for jay-z and ll cool j as well because i'm just always surprised when hip-hop artists get nominated for the rock and roll hall of fame i know right because i mean it's it's a it's not necessarily it's become more than just about the the genre yeah it's just music rock and roll lifestyle right i wonder if lil wayne will ever get nominated to the rock yeah yeah probably possibilities but he yeah he Absolutely. With the rock album that Solitaire thinks is so trash, but it's actually terrible. Terrible. <laughs> never, never bring that album up again, Nina. Okay, but that's <laughs> that's it for that that I wanted to make. So I don't know if you have anything else, Nina. No, that's all. Thank all right. you for that, Reddy. Sure. That's it for music news. 
Excellent. Thank you very much for that excellently curated music news segment. Ladies and gentlemen, that signifies that we have to take a break right now. For those of you who are listening to Vibe 105, stay tuned. We'll be right back. For those of you who are listening to the podcast, y'all lucky. Yeah, I, I think, um, what did I want to, there's something I wanted to circle back on. It was Kodak Block, saving people. No, 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 no. I think it was with the TI thing. Yes, it was a TI thing, man. I'm <laughs> That's so troubling, man. I I really hate hearing these stories from people that, you know, I, they really I think who was it uh, I guess it was I don't think he he coined the phrase, but he says it a lot in one of his songs, you know, one day your idols become your rivals. Yeah. And this idea of like sometimes you don't want to know about what your favorite celebrity, your favorite musician, your favorite actor, like what kind of stuff they're into behind the scenes. Because obviously like a big part of the narrative with T.I. is that they would have these kind of like these pill popping parties and they would like, you know, drug these girls and like basically coerce them into having threesomes or whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. Problematic behavior, man. And it's like, and to his... I don't even know if it's, I wouldn't say to his credit, but he acknowledges, he's like, yeah, you know, we, the lifestyle, like, you know, we, everything that we've ever done is consensual, but um, I'm concerned. I'm concerned and I'm hoping that it's not true, but you know, it really is a case of where there's smoke, there's fire, but I'm I'm sad about that. That's why I'm, that's why I want the full investigation and I want him to forcefully deny it and sue like that's really why i'm pushing so hard to say he needs to show that this is not true i would yeah. love to see yeah, him. did you see the video where he like the eight minute video that he released on his instagram i didn't watch it no i watched it i watched it he definitely forcefully denied it denied but i it. want like a le- like ready saying i want like a legal forceful of denial like to really prove that yeah i really didn't do this shit so send the law after me and nothing's gonna happen he has to do that because anybody is gonna come out publicly and say i didn't do this no one will ever come out and say yeah you know what all these women they're right it's true i did it no one's gonna say that they're all gonna yeah. do use their instagram and say you know this is lies bullshit whatever they're gonna say but back it up with legal action otherwise yeah you know what the best example of that is? Have you guys been following the like Dominion filing the lawsuit against Fox News and um, Smart? I think it's Smartmatic or whatever. The two voted the the two companies that created the voting machines yep. are suing Fox News, Rudy Giuliani, like a, a few of the like a, for billions, like a few of the for billions of dollars. Yep. And you're right. I think that is definitely an effective way of because. You know, all these right-wing uh, places like Newsmax and OAN, um, they are not saying that stuff anymore. They want to keep trying to, you know, do the whole stop the steal narrative, but they're making sure that they don't bring up these vo- machines and all the stuff that the narrative they were trying to spin before, because now it's going to hit them in their wallets, right? Did and- you see, Evie? Did you see? Speaking of a little segue, did you see the footage of that My Pillow guy yep. who is now infamous when he was trying to like? I, I can't, I, because you know me, I, I, sometimes I like to watch the train crash. So I watched a little bit of his documentary um, that he, that he put out that they aired on Newsmax. And then they had like a whole, um, what did they call it? Like um, a statement 
basically saying the views of mm-hmm. this <laughs> of this documentary, but the the documentary is like supposed to, he claims is a hundred percent proof. But they would not even let this guy talk. He kept trying to say the, the election was rigged, and there the the anchor yeah, walked the, off. You uh, walked. <laughs> Because he's like, I'm not getting sued over this. I'm not getting sued. That's basically what it was. And that's the same thing T.I. has to do. The same thing that these people are doing. That's kind of what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like they're like, yo, what you guys are saying is wrong. You guys are slandering our name and we're going to make you pay for it. And T.I. has to do the same. He's got to make her pay. If it's not true, you got to. I agree because I cannot cancel that, man. Man. You better. If it's true, you better. It's hard. That's not hard. What's it take for you to cancel? Anyways, we're going to talk about cancel culture next week. Actually, but I'll have to do it. But fuck, it's so hard. Yeah, we'll talk about. When's the last time you listened to a Ti song? I. This is the thing. I listen to music from 2008 all the time, all the time. My boyfriend makes fun of me for it. He says you always listen to such old shit. Why? I just do. Wow. She's like, she's like she's like people that we know that only listen to nineties. Like she only listens to <laughs> yeah. I make fun say, of those people all the time. Yeah, I'm about to say those people now. If 2008 is old, goddamn! Like I'm listening to archaic music like 30 years ago almost. Yeah, but think about that. 2008. That's music from 10 years ago. 13 plus, years ago. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying plus like over a decade that the music she's listening to how fast things change in terms of the sound and music and all that stuff to her boyfriend that's listening to, you know, 2021 stuff. He's like... Yeah, I was about to say, 21... What do you know about 21 Savage? <laughs> you oh. thought he was going to say 21 I thought he was going to say 21 Savage. I was like, Ready Fox, wow, I'm impressed. You know who 21 Savage is? I know who 21 Savage is because oh, of a lot, because of J. Cole. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> that song's amazing, but it's because of that second verse, baby. One hundred percent, J Cole makes that entire. Of course, song. he does, man. Because that's Jermaine, son. That's Jermaine. Anyways, let's uh get back into the show and be done with this. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the program. You're tuned into hashtag Live right here on Vibe 105 every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Yours truly, Solitaire. DJ Ready Fox, No Better Nina. We recount the biggest and best stories, according to us, from the week past. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for our segment that is called BOS. B O S. EOS, which stands for, of course, Black Owned Spotlight. It is our weekly spotlight on Black owned businesses and outstanding members of the Black community. And Nina thought of that. Yep. Thank you. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Make sure you hit us up at hashtag Vibe105 on Twitter and Instagram and nominate a business or an individual that you feel deserves to be highlighted in this manner. And on that note, I'd like to acknowledge this week's black owned spotlight recipient is young Yemi, ladies and gentlemen, young Yemi, uh, AKA's real name. I'm going to massacre this. And I apologize <laughs> in advance is almost like tradition at this point for us to mess up people's names, but a adem- Adiyemi, Adigabasan. Close. Sorry, but you are the name butcherer, solitaire. I am. You I are, am. and I and I completely, you know. But you uh, get tough I, names. I you keep picking artists and and entrepreneurs yeah. with. He he has he has earned every right to slander me for butchering his name. <laughs> I will learn to pronounce it because 
Yemi is an incredible artist. He's a Toronto-based photographic artist whose practice aims to examine the intersectionality of Black identity. Mm-hmm. He uh, is reflecting on Blackness through pre-colonial, colonial, present day, and future timelines across regions, religions, income, political lines. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically, the subject of his artwork is Blackness, and in you know the rich detail that is in his photographs and in his artwork is really what sets this uh, it sets his work apart. It looks uh, amazing. His, web- his website is uh, Young Yemi, and Young is spelled Y U N as in Norman G, Yemi Y E M as in Mark I <laughs> dot com. So that's youngyemi.com. He does prints. He does. He does custom work. He's designed, um, you know, like prints for to to mount. He does. Uh, he's created artwork for to be auctioned off. He's gotten critical acclaim from and, and acknowledgement for a number of uh, different um, news establishments and and press. And uh, his artwork is incredible. And we want to shine our black owned spotlight. Nice pick. On Young Yemi, ladies clap, and gentlemen, clap, clap. Check, out the, check out the website. It's it's incredible. He's gotten shout out from press from Afropunk, from Vice. Revolt featured him twice a few years ago. He's got he's done exhibitions, uh, art exhibitions at Harborfront. He's got his displays played at Union Station or or, or what do they call it? Um, staged at Union Station. So definitely an incredible artist. Somebody to watch and be proud of in the black community. So nice pick. Thank you very much. And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get in. Let's talk sports. And let's not talk about the Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> yeah, I watched it. I watched it, all right? Well, we have to have mention watch- it. We'll- I haven't watched football for like five years, and you're going to give me grief for watching the Super Bowl? No, Damn no. It. I'm just saying you're just only going to watch it if Tom Brady's playing. <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to watch it if Amanda Gorman does her spoken word piece at the beginning. How about that? Okay. And, Nina, do you watch the Super Bowl at all or no? No, my my uncle turned it on, but nobody was really watching it. And what then... about in years past? Do you ever watch Super Bowl? Oh, only when I went to school in Baltimore, just so I could really enrich myself in that American culture. And oh. I bet too, and I lost. <laughs> well, a lot <laughs> of people watch the Super Bowl just to see the commercials. That's part of the reason. It's like it's such a spectacle in and of itself. A lot mm-hmm. of commercials are talked about the day after. A lot of people take the day off of work from uh, the day after the Super Bowl because, you know, they're spending the night, you know, drinking beer and having a good time watching the game and stuff. So ridiculous. Tom Brady did win. He got a seventh Super Bowl last Sunday. Incredible. And I don't know if everyone saw it or not. There was a video um, posting around on a social media showing Tom Brady at a boat party. And he was he looked pretty inebriated. Lit. <laughs> he Lit. looked pretty inebriated, as he should be, man. He's celebrating and he's enjoying it. Um, and again, he, it's one for the ages. He's, it's pretty much hard to argue that he's not, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know how you, I think he's going to take over that mantle of like the, the greatest athlete of all time. I think there was that, it was one point in time. It was the, it was the swimmer. What's his name? The guy who won like 10 medals and won Olympics. Usually when people say athletics in terms of the greatest athlete, um, I, Serena Williams seems to be what a lot of people will say as well too, because she's, yeah athleticism in terms of what the skill set is required for a quarterback it's like a different skill set in terms of athleticism for even a wide receiver right Mm -hmm. versus an offensive tackle so football 
a sport as a whole is a little different to me. So I would rather want to say someone like Serena Williams. But um, for athleticism, I think she embodies it as much as anybody else. And Michael Jordan, again, as well for me, too. But um, Bo Jackson, I would also say as well. Someone that could play two professional sports. I'll, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give that to you. Serena is definitely one of the greatest athletes of all time. 100% she's up there, top five. But I think what makes this this accomplishment unique in the sport in the as it pertains to the sport of football is how difficult, how many different factors, obstacles are in your way to make it to just one Super Bowl. I think the the previous the the next highest amount of Super Bowls that somebody's made it to was five. Right. He's at this point he's won more Super Bowls than any other quarterback has actually made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so I I think in that in the in the when you put it in that context the odds the there, there's the like the athletic ability that plays a factor too but it the does. accomplishment is is But you're on a team as well and you need those other players to step up and perform also. All the, all the more reason it makes it like that much more challenging. But it, what about the challenge in terms of you're a one person show on your own Serena Williams in terms of having to go through a gauntlet of players to win one grand slam. It's not very easy to even win uh- one. Much. No, I think I, I'm actually with uh, Solitaire on this one. Mm. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I do think that working with a team is harder than an individual because as an individual, you have all the control. You can go with your own plays. You can make all the decisions. As a team, you have to like you have to count on the others to also make the same decision as you in order for it to work. Okay. You can, if, if, the, if the receiver doesn't catch the ball, it doesn't matter how accurate your throw is. Yeah, agree. You right, know what I'm but- saying? I but that means that you have to have a good, you know, we can continue on and on about this, but um, we've got a bunch to cover. But again, congratulations to Tom Brady, um, yeah. seventh Super Bowl. So real quick, hockey news. Uh, last Wednesday, the Maple Leafs beat the Montreal Canadiens 4-2 in the first of a home and home. So they'll be yes. playing again tonight against the Canadians at seven o'clock uh, in Toronto. And yes. um, other Canadian teams in action for Saturday night. The Ottawa Senators are on the road taking on Winnipeg. That's actually starting at three o'clock this afternoon. And um, the Calgary Flames are on the road taking on the Vancouver Canucks at 10 o'clock tonight. So the Leafs will be in action again on Monday, um, hosting the Ottawa Senators um, at 7 o'clock. And are you rooting for the Senators, Nina? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So you're still going to stick with the Senators. You're just going to keep rooting for them. Yeah, I'll never, I'll never. I have a a real sentimental attachment. (laughs) Okay. Oh, that's Nina for no you. No idea all the perks Dominic Hasek and his family used to give me. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's fair. That's fair. So let's talk NBA. Now, uh, uh, news came out on Tuesday. The New York Times reported uh, some finalized uh, results from the investigation into the helicopter crash with Kobe Bryant. So, um, what they determined from their investigation was that the pilot. Um, in the helicopter crash, um, he violated federal rules by flying into fog where he became disoriented. Um, the National Transportation Safety Board said that the pilot indicated that he was trying to climb above the clouds while he was actually rapidly falling, and which was a sign that he was disoriented. So obviously um, that was tragic from a year ago. Yeah. Um, Kobe crazy. Bryant passing. So yeah, he, he was flying into fog and got disoriented according to their investigation. So that's, that sounds like he wasn't very experienced. That sounds like a, like a rookie mistake almost. Who knows, man? Again, piloting is a super complicated thing. 
I heard he was also, I don't know if this is true or not, but I also saw something that said he was actually legally barred from flying in clouds because he wasn't yet there training wise. I don't know. Again, I don't know what the rules and regulations are, but it's super more complicated, obviously, when you're flying, relying on instrumentation as opposed to what you can see if you're blinded by clouds and all that stuff. But that's what they determined. So a little more of a finalization for the investigation with that. Um, And as you mentioned earlier in the show, Solitaire, they've dropped the lawsuit. The U.S. sheriff dropped the lawsuit against uh, Masai Ujiri um, for that federal lawsuit. I have a few choice words for that that guy. (laughs) A few choice words that I can't say on the radio, Randy. Don't worry. Right, yeah. So it was obviously crazy that there was even a lawsuit against Masai Ujiri in the first place. And once the video came out, I can't believe they even continued with it. Um, and the NBA is still going to be continuing on with their NBA All-Star game, which, again, a lot of NBA players are actually speaking out against it. LeBron James, uh, Giannis, uh, the Greek freak, I can never pronounce his last name. Even Kawhi hmm. Leonard even spoke. I think it's a Yeah, thanks. And even uh, Kawhi Leonard spoke out about it. He was saying basically that the NBA is putting money over health uh, by holding the NBA All-Star game. So I wonder if they're going to, you know... Um, change their mind on this or not especially when people like lebron and Kawhi are speaking out like their superstars are saying that they don't think it's a good idea i don't know what do you guys think it's a horrible idea it is and it's just a fun game it's nothing serious right it's like they're all there they already are the distraction that like you know the argument that you know people need entertainment to take their mind out they they are that they are doing that by playing why are you forcing the issue with the all-star game and again we all know why it's because of the money why they want to continue to do it but the raptors have actually been doing much better recently they're currently My sitting voice. at 12 wins and 13 losses and they are sitting in fifth place right now as, as of us recording this um they were in 10th place last week <clears throat> well so they've been doing really well uh they My played voice. they played uh the celtics on thursday and uh i don't know if they won or lost that game i'm just gonna assume that they won Let's hope that they won and they got uh, to 513 and 13. But they yeah. play tomorrow against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, that'll be starting at 7 o'clock. And then they'll be playing two games in a row against the Milwaukee Bucks, who are in second place. They'll be playing them on Tuesday and Thursday. So, um, you know, I always want to ask for predictions. I think they'll beat the Timberwolves, but a lot of people will be looking at that two-gamer against the Milwaukee Bucks because that'll be a real test of the team. So, Nina, mm-hmm. what do you think will happen in those two games against the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, you already know what I'm going to ask. Who's the star player? Giannis, you know, the Greek Oh, Greek. yeah. Oh, Bucks. I wasn't sure if Minnesota and Milwaukee, they both start with an M. Uh, ooh. I'm going to say Raptors because Giannis, wasn't there like rumors that he was supposed to come to Toronto or something and he didn't? So I think that's just rude of him. Okay. <laughs> so. I like that reasoning. I like the cut of your jib, Nia. I like so that. both games, you think the Raptors win both? Uh, oh, no, I think they'll lose a second. I'm just going to keep it around. Okay. Like, I think I'm going to, yeah, win the first, lose the second. Okay. And what do you say, Solitaire? I'm going to try to be, like, have a, a real, like, analysis prediction. And yeah. That they're going to they're gonna split. Love my Raptors. You already know I, I want them to win. I cheer for them. I'm not one of these bandwagoners that I go, oh, they suck now. I don't care. No, no. They're, those are my boys. And, and that energy is obviously becoming more apparent because they're gelling they're playing better but i'm gonna say they're gonna split because you know milwaukee is uh they're no joke okay yeah i think they're gonna split as well i think they will beat minnesota tomorrow um 
but then with this whole home and home or the two actually both games are on the road in milwaukee so Mm -hmm. yeah i think they will split as well so let's see how it goes and just real quick before we wrap up sports there are rumors floating around (gasps) kyle lowry might get traded possibly they are shopping him because they have high interest in andre drummond in uh cleveland and Mm -hmm. um kyle lowry you know he's getting a little further on his career he's more at the end of his career how would you guys feel about them trading Kyle Lowry? Oh, I'll actually be sad. He's my favorite player. Oh, I was like, I have nice. his jersey. Nice. And Solitaire, what do you say? Definitely sad. Huge loss. But um, I hope he gets his flowers. I mean, he's gotten his flowers, and I hope he gets what he deserves wherever he goes. Yeah, he's cemented in the city. I don't think um, there will yeah. be nothing but love for him from Toronto for the rest of his life. Just something else, as I was preparing for my swing uh, for tomorrow, I saw there's uh, apparently this house that's on sale on the market for $5.3 million. They're saying it's his. Did you guys see the inside of it? No, I, did I didn't even hear about this. this I'll story. send you guys the link. It's on BlogTO for anyone also wants to look it up. Um, it's a $5.3 million house, six bedrooms, 10 bathrooms, elevator, sauna. It's really nice inside, but yeah, they're saying it's Kyle Lowry's house. Okay. The realtor refused to say if it was or not, but I'm gonna have to call my real estate agent. I might, I might buy that. <laughs> there you go. Well, we'll see. It, it'll be sad for the the city. It won't. It'll obviously be different than how the Demar Derozan thing went down, uh, because yeah. nobody saw that coming as well. Mm-hmm. But um, it'll be sad for the city. But again, he's so cemented as going down as the greatest Raptor of all time that um, he will get a standing of well. Will there ever be fans in the stands again? Yes, there will. Yes, there will. Well, whenever that happens, he'll get a standing ovation from the socially distanced fans in the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I was joking about calling my real estate agent to buy. (laughs) I don't know. You know, I figured I might say that just in case people think I'm not rich. Yeah, and I'm not a cat. So there you go. We're just <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna keep saying obvious things here. So I'm not a cat, and um, it's not, yeah. it's not that obvious. I, I have that kind of money. I could have that's it. Fair. I will have it. That's fair, point. solitaire. That's fair. So that's it for sports. And all right, all right, sorry for you. everyone that doesn't know, I'm not a cat because everyone's probably gonna be wondering. Just Google Zoom cat lawyer. You're welcome. Oh my God. His voice, he sounds it's so perfect. melted. That was oh. the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. In a long time. In a long time. And Dude. it was so pure. It was like real funny because it was like no, nobody was hurt yeah, by it. It's nobody was like, perfect. nobody had to be like the victim or like get slandered. Even the guy who was the victim, you don't know what he looks like. You know his name, but you don't really know anything about he him. He was talking to a news story after about it. Out, he became this huge celebrity. Real quick it. for everybody out there that doesn't know what we're talking about. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Okay, you don't? There was this oh, yeah. Zoom conversation between these lawyers and a judge. But one of the lawyers, he could not get this cat filter <laughs> off of his Zoom. So he looked like a cat in the Zoom conversation. And his voice matching with the cat speaking it's just hilarious. So if you haven't Comedy seen this, gold. it's perfect. And it's one of the funniest things everyone has seen. So just Google Zoom lawyer cat. There's some things that I'm like, that go viral where you're like, man, man, that's not really, that was like forced viral. This no. one is one of those like pure. It's one of like, the funniest things I've ever seen. So yeah, there you go. But that's it for sports solitaire. All right, thanks, Ready Fox. I'm now let's move into the last. We're in the last stretch of the show. 
Um, no better take. No better Nina. Can I just this say, actually- I looked ahead of this. This is insane. This this story. I can't believe this. <laughs> no better take that we're about to hear. I I, I took a sneak peek ahead, but. Yeah, this is a uh, Nina. Take it away, Nina. What, is, ahead, what Nina. is going on over there? We actually there? found this last week, but I wanted to save it for this week because I felt like it's a like a good. All right, so it's almost been a year since COVID started now. So this was I remember one year ago. This was the last time I ever went to a club. It's been one whole year. Okay, so this no better take this week says if my child and my husband both had covid and needed a ventilator and we could only give one to one of them i'm saving my husband i wouldn't want to raise my child without my spouse if i could help it my child can't help me mourn the loss of my husband my child can't help me fill the void left by my soulmate no screw that what kind of mother would i be life is already hard let that baby miss the turmoil and die in bliss we can have another baby why would you pick this, Nina? What would you do? Nina, this is not the lighthearted uh, conversation that we want to end the show <laughs> that on. We, that we want to end the show on. That's this wild. Horrible. No, but seriously, what would you guys do? It, it's not even an option. You save your child. You save that's your child. That's the legacy. That's, that's the future, man. You, this okay. is, who, who, who is this person that wrote this? <laughs> who is this person? <laughs> Clearly somebody who doesn't like their child. I'm saving my husband. I wouldn't want to raise my child without my spouse if I could help it. And then somewhere she said, what kind of mother would I be? (laughs) Yeah. What kind of mother would I be to continue to raise my child? Oh, my gosh. Clearly the horrible person that she already is. Uh, I don't want to judge per se and say they're a horrible person, but... Yeah. Hey, hey, listen. As they say, I mean, yes, you can't judge a book by its cover, but if the cover looks horrible, I'm gonna say that the cover looks damn horrible. I need the to cover hear this Nina. book. What do oh, you think, Nina? I would definitely save my child oh. over my my husband a thousand percent. At the end of the day, like like when I get married, like kids are gonna come before my husband for sure. <laughs> They're gonna come before everybody. The only thing I'm thinking of, like, if I was the husband and my wife cho- chose me, you'd be pissed. I'd be like, Yo, this is over. Like, you're gonna <laughs> kill my, you're gonna kill my child. Like, don't save me. Uh, yeah, no, I. This I, is crazy. I can't yeah. believe you picked this, Nina. I can't believe yeah. this was on social I can't media. Believe she, I can't believe there's so many things, so many questions. I can't believe she said, "Yeah, we can have another kid." Like, yeah, like it's just like it's just a kid. We'll just make another one. Like. Oh. <laughs> It's so messed this up. This is from the states. I'm sure it. of it. Has to be. I, I hope this lady does not have children, just because I feel like she would not be a great, a great mother. Wow. Um, because anybody I know who is moms, even my own mom, I'm damn near 26. She'll still do anything for me to this day. So, some of the responses we can get into. So, one person actually said she's right for saving her husband because children cannot be affected by the virus. Oh they can no. Leave they can only carry the disease and pass it on to older adults that will show symptoms for it. <laughs> so there's more, there's more uh, stupidity that, that follows this woman. Um, another person said, this is no different that when, when a woman is in labor and you will die due to childbirth, you saving the mom or the baby. Most I know say save the mom personal perspective. And obviously her opinion. I don't think I've ever heard save the mom. That's different. 
there's I don't been, think I've ever heard save anything. No, there's been situations where in a childbirth situation or even prior to it, like late in the whatever second or third trimester where there's a complication of some sort and it mm-hmm. comes down to the choice of for the health and safety and it becomes a fatal situation. Usually, I think in situations like that, they obviously err on protecting the health of the mother. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I guess that will happen occasionally in childbirth as well, too, where it's like save the baby or save the mother. Sometimes that's usually a choice that has to be made by the doctors, right? More so than anything else. But that's not the same as the situation as her choosing between her husband and her already born child that they have. Like, it's not the same. This is insane. This is ridiculous. I just just want to know, like, what does she what does she plan on telling this child? (laughs) Wait, or or worse, is, is she is she not gonna? St- I need answers. Not gonna say anything. I need answers. I need to know. Child, she's gonna be like, yeah, don't worry, just just lie down here. You're gonna be all right. Shh. Is there an app for this person on this? Does does she sing? <laughs> does she sing the child a lullaby? Unless she say, go to sleep. I don't know. Okay. What else did wow. other people say? Um. Someone else said. Uh. Someone else finally had common sense. Said, "I'm saving my husband. I'm not about to be a single mother or have my kid." Oh no! Sorry, not common sense. My bad. Saving my husband. I'm not about to be a single mother or have my kids grow up without a father. This sounds like a. Is this a young millennial attitude thing? It has. I wouldn't even say. I don't know about millennial. I would say maybe Gen Z. Yeah, this is like because this is the generation below you, Nina. That I think is having this. I, I can't believe this. That so many people actually agreed with it. Uh, for sure um your children come that, first your children always come first thousand percent um but then these last two people had common sense so they said people who think like that are so selfish and don't deserve kids agree yeah um okay so she's the type of mother that would believe her man before her child mm. Mm. yeah um uh, yeah and the last one if your husband would live allowing his child to die by choice i wouldn't want that kind of man mm. That, that's that's what that's what I'm thinking. I'm like I, I could not imagine. I wake up from my co- my COVID coma, and my wife is like, "Yeah, I saved you, but we lost Junior." I can't. She probably would keep it as a secret and not even tell you that. Maybe the dog. What do you mean? How could she? How could she keep it a secret? I can't. Oh, she could just be like, "Oh my this. god, he didn't. He couldn't get a ventilator. You were already on mm. it." And yeah. I would say, "Well, why didn't you give my child my ventilator?" This is insane. I don't want to talk about this anymore. This is ridiculous. Yeah. This is crazy. Well, anyways, <laughs> that that was this week's edition of No Better Take. Nina, we might have to put you on a week timeout. We, we're gonna we're gonna have to green light your No Better Takes. Yeah, I we're think. Gonna, Nina. <laughs> Gonna have to have, gonna go back to some pre-production meetings here and be like, ah, not so much. Right Anyways, yeah. right, but no, we appreciate that, Nina. Thank you very much. You, at least you were on the right side of this issue. And if yeah. you're on the wrong side, oh. don't. That would have been a whole other conversation. Yeah. Don't have kids if you're on that other side, please. Yeah. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is, as they say, a wrap on today's episode of Hashtag. Uh, what did we learn today? Uh, if you have children and you're going to choose your husband or your significant other over your children, you're a horrible parent. Yeah, I guess. And white privilege is a thing. It really is a thing. And um, we see it play out in the legal system all the time. Yep. I mean, it's it's insidious and... Uh, I don't know what the solution is, unfortunately. We're, we have not learned what is going to break through for people to understand. I know what the solution is. 
uh, can we say it on the radio? Of course. Oh, what is it? <laughs> Education. But oh. it's just the thing is that we just got to it's got to be grandfathered in common sense into society, right. basically. So, you know, st- you got to get them from when, the, when they're young and, you know, teach them about the histories and let them learn about statistics and teach them personal finance and all these other things from, you know, as early a grade as you think that they can start to handle the concepts. And, and make then... sure they don't stay stuck in one little bubble. Well, yeah, but that's that's really it. Education. That's the answer. And make sure that your idea of celebrating Black History Month isn't to dance to a reggae song. Yes. Yeah. And 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 make a black friend. <laughs> Only for the month of February. For the month of February. Uh, just one last note. I, a friend of mine, we were kind of discussing this whole Black History Month thing. And what his solution is, is every month they're going to have, uh, they're going to celebrate one like achievement or accomplishment in black history and they're going to do that throughout the whole year so to your point ready fox education is is the way and black history should become a part of the curriculum just like indian history and chinese history and you learn about the world's history how about that right and on that note ladies and gentlemen we are going to call this show a wrap uh, on behalf of Ready Fox and No Better Nina, I am Solitaire, and we enjoy you joining us each and every week right here on Vibe 105, and we will see you next week, same time, same station. Peace. Yeah. Hey, I'm tired now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> y'all podcast listeners, y'all really got some real good juicy gems here today. They did. They actually got a lot of we got a lot of nina gems too nina showed a little fire today Jeez. Oh, while while we're here did you since we have a couple minutes <clears throat> did you want to talk about that valentine's thing you mentioned off the top who planned what and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's right that's right what ready, remember? i was remember i was asking nina so who played who made the plans who's who led the plans on this valentine's day was it a joint effort did they both come together and decide or did nina sit back and wait and say hmm let me see if this guy's gonna do something what he has planned if for this valentine's guy doesn't do something he's in so much trouble okay so this is what i'll say oh. <laughs> i have unfortunately been given the label my entire with all my friends with um with my boyfriend with everybody as the planner I am known as a planner, plan vacations, plan birthday parties, plan, I was planning other people's birthday parties, everything. Okay. So obviously this comes around and then, uh, we already had made plans that we were going to go to this cottage in Turkey point. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's two hours out West. Um, but like, that was it. I waited until the end of January because I did want him to, and I've openly had conversations with him about this. Like I openly communicate things and I tell him all the time. I hate planning. Like, can you plan something small one time? Like, you know, or I like surprises. Can you, you know? (laughs) And so end of January comes around, he still hasn't said nothing. So I text him and I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a sip and paint on Valentine's Day. It's up to you if you want to join me or not. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I do want to join you. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll go buy all the stuff from the dollar store because I know your ass is not going to do it. And then when it came to like what I'm getting for Valentine's Day, we said no gifts this year because last year we we had already bought each other like gifts and like we recently had the one year anniversary, everything. So we said no gifts. Times are tough right now too and everything. So you guys got to buckle down on your finances. Exactly. Hold on, you had a one year. It's been yeah. how many years is it? is it? Almost two years now. No, it's been a year and a month. 
Oh, oh, oh. I, I thought you were saying last Valentine's Day. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But it's been, yeah, so it's been a year. And so we wow. just celebrated our one year anniversary like a month ago. Nice. And we both splurged pretty big on each other. So we're like, okay, Valentine's Day, just relax. But I'm like, I'm getting you something small. Like, I'm like, can you, I just told him like, can you just get me chocolates or something? Because you know, I like sweets. Like, that's my thing. He's like, okay. Then I see this thing on Instagram. I send it to him. I'm like, can you place an order with them? But do it quick because like, it's going to fill up for Valentine's Day. He's like, okay. The day before the orders are like supposed to stop being filled, I messaged him like, did you place orders? He's like, no. I'm like, do you want me to message them? He's like, yeah. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so I had a talk with him. I ended up placing the order for my own like chocolates and shit. And then I had a talk with him and I'm like, buddy, I get it. You are not the planner. I understand you don't do the research stuff. You like to just splurge and buy the expensive thing and call it a day. I get that. But like, you know how much I love these small things. We had this conversation. It was civil. Everything went good. I went over to his house later that day and he bought me the heart box of chocolate Ferrero Rocher's and said, surprise. And I was like, yay. I was so happy. That's all I wanted. So yeah, but all in all, I planned everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. You know why? Because you're a woman of the modern era and you don't believe in gender roles and gender norms and you take (laughs) initiative to make sure that you're happy in the relationship. So kudos on you, Nina. Yeah. I'm also going grocery shopping tomorrow for this damn cottage. So. <laughs> but but he's, doing his, he's doing his, like some of our other groceries for it too. So I mean, yeah. well, that's good. That's good. Well, I'm happy for you guys. Uh, happy uh, belated anniversary. I, I didn't Thank know you, you guys have made it through a year. And uh, happy, uh, happy Valentine's Day, everybody out there that's celebrating Valentine's Day. I, it's, it's important that you communicate the things that you want out of this relationship or out of this day. And don't yep. just expect or just sit there in silence and fume and say, why isn't he doing anything? <laughs> yeah. Some people might take advantage of the pandemic. <laughs> well, good luck with that. All right. Any uh, any last things? Any last updates? Anything you guys want to know? Let people know that's going on. Not really, no. Or I just no. want to continue to say that we're blacker than black, and Nina's browner than brown. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And Let's we'll get out of here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're out of here, and we'll talk at y'all next week. Have a good one. <laughs>